man here. 2007, I think the last time this this happened, right? Yeah. Taking a, a win at the U.S. Nationals. Yeah, I mean, I've won a lot of Truggy Nationals since then, but yeah, my first ever national championship win was the first time I went and raced uh, the Nitro or the Roar Nitro uh, Nationals with a Thunder Tiger car, and I won it. Nobody, I mean, I was thinking, I'm like, here we go, Aiden's gonna be, get his first win at his first nationals like I did. I'm like, I'm not gonna let that happen. So, um, yeah, it's been a long time. I've uh, obviously, you know, I've been fast at all these things. I mean, I haven't made this main event in two years. You know what I mean? Like I said multiple times. So, um, yeah, great day. Um, I'm glad to get that monkey off my back. It's been something that I've been thinking about. Like, anytime the nationals are coming around, I'm like, dude, it's been like 15 years since you won this race. You got to figure this out. Uh, so yeah, good day. Car was good. Um, made a big fuel mile mileage adjustment there for the main. We are, we went seven thirty in the semi and it was really close, which is crazy. Cause just the track, man, that this is a fuel guzzling track. And, uh, so I went six forty in the main also adjusted the size of my fuel tank just in case the tech keeps going the way that's going. Um, yeah, great effort by the whole, uh, Mugen Siki. Uh, team J Concepts, uh, Jason for the entire hour and a half was walking, you know, in between the semis and the main, walking around, taking temperatures of every section of the track, keeping us up to date what was going on. Um, without people like that, uh, Adam Drake, Mike Trury, Chris Mort home with Mugen. Um, without these guys, you know, I can't do what I do. They support me in anything I need and whatever uh, whatever I feel I want to do on the track. And uh, yeah, that all that hard work, um, that's what makes days like this possible. So 226, Jason Rona back from a successful trip at LCRC, LCRC Raceway, Roar Nationals, 8-scale Nats. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the show. Easy for me to say. <laughs> so how you doing? Good. How you doing? Doing good, just chilling here with the, uh, we got, in the what office. What we got back there? What we got in the background there? Yeah, we got... We got the the national champion Treggy here from Ryan Mayfield plus the trophy. So nice, Mayfield taking the uh, going back to back buggy and the Truggy, which I guess people are calling Ruggy. Is that is that what they're saying? Yeah, I don't know if that's my favorite name, but <clears throat> I saw it in the live RC chat. So I didn't make it. I didn't make. In case you didn't notice, Jason, I didn't make it out there to the nationals. Yeah, uh, he didn't make it out, but uh, you, you definitely missed I, missed a good race. But there'll be others. But I did. I, I watched all day Sunday because the yeah, main's my favorite. I was on top of it all day. I was messaging Jason all day, bothering him. But <laughs> uh, I was so impressed. Like I was like, kind of like, man, low bomb that didn't go. But then I was like, I'm loving it. I'm laying here. I'm watching live RC on the big screen and I don't know when the last time. Okay. Somebody said in the chat, they're calling a bruggy, bruggy, ruggy, whatever. I saw people type ruggy in the chat, but 
I'm watching live RC, and like I said, I don't know when the last time I watched an RC race on live RC, but the camera angles, it just blew me away. I mean, they had the, they had these. Uh, I believe they had a drone cam at one time. Then they had a cable cam. Mm-hmm. And then they had all the different cameras in the in the turns, and it just really felt like I was just right on the freaking track. I you mean, were there. I loved it. I was like, this is amazing. I'm I'm kind of glad I stayed to watch it at home in a way. I mean, obviously, I w- would have loved to come and see my my good pally there, J-Row. But uh, Mugen Challenge. Yeah, they got the Mugen Challenge. Then they have, I believe, the uh, the cancer race, they call it. Uh, they yeah. got, got that one coming up. But that's probably one of their later events of the year. So, dude, I was messaging you and I was like so impressed with the coverage. And I'm not just like, you know, blowing smoke. Yeah. I mean, I think what's interesting is when you're at the race, you never really get an opportunity to see what the coverage is like from Live RC. So, uh, that's what's kind of nice about sometimes staying home during one of these big ones. You get to kind of follow it and see what it's like, see what people are experiencing not being at the race and, um, you know, lots of times, uh, if Paul's not at the event, he's been to a lot more this, uh, last couple of years, but if he's not there, um, he kind of tells, tells me how things look and how it's going and what, um, what the narrative is that weekend we'll say. Plus he got me doing it too. I'm telling you what everybody's saying in the chat. Yeah. I mean, at this kind of screenshots of Jason, <laughs> Yeah, at this race, you you were on top of it. You were doing that. You were doing that work. Uh, you were doing a little work there. So I'll push this up. Yeah, maybe it's the mic, Jason, because I got you cranked up pretty good. So how about now? Yeah, that's great. Um, yeah, again, I was just blown away, and I even said it in the chat in live RC, and it's pretty good, man. It's really good. Yeah, I mean, when they bring the trailer in and you have a full or a, a most of the crew there with Brandon, Scotty Ernst, and others, um, it's usually a really good show. It's the times when, you know, it's kind of a part crew that they don't really have the full, um, you know, the, the full crew there. So uh, that, that don't turn out as good. But that one was great. I'm sure uh, Nitro Challenge was good. I'm sure Silver State was good. So, uh yeah, an interesting, you know, it's a, it's a long time being at any one track from, uh, you know, you get there on Tuesday all the way through Sunday. So, uh, you know, things get a little ornery <laughs> uh, between, uh, you know, racers and, uh, you know, it's just a long time to be, to be somewhere and you're racing and you're racing the same guys all the time and, if there's any kind of issues, sometimes they carry over to other races and, uh, but that's what the nationals is about. <clears throat> why it's a little bit unique on our schedule that in the world's little longer events. So we uh, haven't had one. We didn't have one last year. Didn't right. have a 2020. So technically, uh, in 2019 Mayfield was the national champion in Truggy and Spencer was the national champion in nitro buggy in 2019 and so mayfield was able to kind of 
repeat or defend, I guess you would say. Um, so now he's won six of these things, six of these Truggy National Championships. And it's the first time in buggies in, I think he said, 15 years? Since 2006. Jesus. Wow. Yeah, he even said in an interview afterwards, it's like, you know, he finally got that monkey off his back. Yeah, I mean, I think that was kind of a difficult part of doing these events. Is, <clears throat> I mean, he's kind of had it all happen to him. Um, he TQ'd at Thornhill several years back when he was running TLR and kind of similar to Dakota this weekend where uh, Dakota was TQ and you, you transfer right to the main event. You don't have to run the semifinal. And he did that there at Thornhill and it's never easy to not run the semifinal and then get out there with the guys that did do their 30 minutes. And I think, so. I think you're out of rhythm. I think, I think no matter what, I think you want to run that semifinal. I think it's almost a disadvantage for the TQ not to run the semifinal. Uh, sure, you take the chance of having an issue and not making the main, but it almost seems like if you're going to win, you really need to run the semi. So, yeah, I'd... Uh, it was good to see him get the win. And I mean, he's, he was leading one, I believe in 2007 with the brand new associated car back then. And, uh, it was a 60 minute main. He was lap. He had a lap on second place by the 30 minute mark and his receiver went out. That was 2007. Uh, he had that one, uh, where he raced with Spencer at Thornhill where I know he was, uh, um, he flamed out twice in the pits in that race. That was the race he didn't have to run the semis because he was TQ. He went right to the final. He flamed out twice in the pits, still got second there, but just didn't have a great main. Uh, I know there's other ones where he's broke. Um, you know, he's broken, uh, blew up an engine, blew up a radio. Uh, you know, he's he's had it about all of it happen, so it was nice to see it kind of work out. Uh, in his favor. Yeah. Um, really tough competition, by the way. Uh, Aiden Horn ran. I mean, we're kind of talking about buggy right now, but uh, really tough competition in that buggy main from Aiden, who ran, you know, uh, the best race he's ever run in eight scale. Uh, even in so, he pushed him, uh, ran good laps himself. So. Uh, the competition was up. Tebow got third, and then uh, Dakota got fourth. So Dakota just – he had an okay main. I think he probably would have got third. Um, <clears throat> I think he probably would have got third, but he was battling for second, but he had another – he had a flame out on the track that he said that he was actually on power – coming out of the corner when the buggy flamed out. So he's a little, he's pretty curious about what that problem was. Uh, Kean white says he was looking for me. I heard Kean. Sorry about that, buddy. Maybe next time. Yeah. He came all the way out. Just didn't get to see Gotti. <laughs> it's the only reason why Kean showed up it's just to see yeah, me. Yeah, He did. I understand. I understand. But he had to keep us up to date what was going on on Live RC too. So it was That's right, Ken. I had a job to do. <laughs> I had to be in the chat room. Oh man. 
I love reading those comments in there. <clears throat> you know, Facebook was an absolute mess during the Nationals. Was it? I didn't, uh, didn't it was, even... Uh, it was a total disaster. Where? Like where? On Just Facebook? everywhere. Like whatever it is that I have like, my... When you post something... The comments and stuff. Well, it was just once we did the bodies, you know, we came out, had got the bodies out there for when those photos hit, then of the uh, bruggy and then the uh, any of the drama had to go right to Facebook, of course. Uh, Yeah, there was a ton of stuff that happened at this race that just. I don't know, it just to me, I. I was just happy to be out there racing. We, We really had only one. Um, half a day of bad weather. The weather was actually better than we were there last year for, for the Mugen challenge. So, uh, you know, we, we did, we had a, I, I, I actually, I really enjoyed the race. You know, obviously you could, the drama and, and some of the issues, uh, but yeah, we, a we, lot of those, we can time. get to that after, you know, we talk about the, yeah. the Truggy class and the buggy class, but, um, yeah, there was, you know, it's been kind of covered on the internet and people all giving their two cents that weren't even there. Of course, people that don't race anymore, people that just want to, you know, stir the pot online, they get involved, but, um, but yeah, it's kind of funny what direction people like to take some of these things, but ultimately we did have some great qualifiers. I told you ahead of time that uh, the qualifiers are always part of the thing that I like. And uh, you like the mains. We na- went ahead and named our chat. I like the mains because uh, you like the mains. And, yeah. yeah. Uh, for good I reason. Sundays, yeah. Yes. Uh, for good reason. Uh, the mains are awesome. Uh, yeah. I don't I mean, know. You're telling me like qualifying was better for me to show up. I, I love qualifying. I do. I do. I just, yeah. Especially if you get the guys that you can, cause you can watch, you can watch like, you know, further down too. You can, you can watch as the heats get faster up to the A qualifier. So you really get a lot of opportunity to watch different people. Uh, you know, when you, when you get to the main, everyone focuses for the most part up front, unless it's your child or something racing in the back or you're pitting, you're watching the guys in the back. But if you're spectating for the most part, you're keeping your eyes on the battle up front and, uh, what's nice about the qualifiers is, you know, you can a qualifier, you focus on a group of guys, B focus on a group of guys. So you get to see people, what they kind of got and in each of these runs. And I, I, I like it. I like watching them because they're always close. Uh, so, I mean, obviously the, the mains are, are great. Everybody knows that when the cars are side by side, but yeah, I'm a, I, I love qualifying. I like qualifying as a, as racer and a driver. And, and I like it from a spectator standpoint because I like when the cars are spaced. I like when you see a guy going all out. Um, so and see if there's, so yeah, there's a lot of things I like about qualifying. In all reality, I should have been there for a few days, but whatever. Yeah. yeah. I got social anxiety. What are you going to do? Yeah, uh, Paul Wynn says at least Kirby showed up. Yeah, he did. And only two sure. days, I think Kirby came out. And he brought you candy. What? What? What's yep. that about? Yeah, he brought us a, a whole plastic bag full of uh, like uh, what's that butter. candy? Yet? 
Yeah, peanut go ahead. Butter. What is it? Peanut butter cups. Oh, peanut butter cups. Oh, okay. All right. I thought you were gonna say something like the uh I forget what that candy's called. Werther's? <laughs> I hope not. Those are horrible. <laughs> Werther's original. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah. Those are horrible. Um <laughs> uh, yeah, so, but he brought Reese's peanut butter cups. Yeah. Uh, All right. And the the um yeah, he said with his uh, his discount, uh, <laughs> right? Five finger discount. Yeah, he he told me uh, when he he dropped off a a nice tea for me that he that he wanted me to try two Gatorades and Jeez. all these candies and all these candies and he's like, <laughs> you know, in the end he said the bill was going to be five grand, but all uh, <laughs> oh, right, five grand, right? Yeah, mountain bike. Like, Come on, man, how much did you pay for this candy? Yeah. That's a little inside joke there to five. Grand. I hope we still have them. <clears throat> I hope we still got the candies in the cooler. Maybe Paul took them out already. Oh, okay. So Paul was there too. Paul was there. Uh, he was the one that drove the truck and trailer up. All right. The race. Glad I didn't go then. No, <laughs> yeah. He, he drove the truck and trailer. We had a full, uh, I'm sorry, the van and trailer. Uh, he had a full, full van. Uh, so we had Paul, Hannah, who uh, Hannah's a, full-time uh jay concepts now so she uh riding along uh lee setzer then julian Oliveras and his mom maria so had a full crew in the van Jeez, got the lawn chairs in the back of the van there and yep people sitting there that's okay yeah buckle down <laughs> i'll find you some pictures and you can put them up so uh, yeah, that was the Paul took off on Monday morning. They got there Tuesday. I got there. I flew into Harrisburg and I got a really, uh, we, I got a really funny rental car, rental van, actually. Um, that's Sprinter. all they had. Yeah. For the Sprinter, right? No, no. I, I got the, it's a little Nissan, uh, the guy explained it to me at the desk. I'm like, well, what does this thing look like? And he said that he's like, you ever seen a flower van? <laughs> he's like, when they deliver you flowers, this is the kind of van they use. So oh, I'll send you a picture of that. Yeah, I don't think you did. It's really a little, uh, just a little guy. Son Anderson says ENATS. Uh, you know, I'm wondering if LCRC might get the ENATS for next year then. Um, oh like, like I wish, I like wish they would. Uh, I would say that they've had, uh, they've had the largest turnout for the <laughs> e nationals, I believe, uh, in the history of that event. And then also the track that, uh, Dakota's, uh, parents, not parents, uh, in-laws used to own. They also had a great e there too. Those were the two best ENATs I've been to turnout wise. The track, <laughs> the actual track location at A Main Hobbies several years back, that track is amazing mm. uh, for an eight scale off, you know, eight scale nitro, eight scale <clears throat> anything. I agree with Joseph here. Uh, LCRC should get the off road nets. Get them all. Get them this all is, every year, every single year. I was there, you know, this is my fourth or fifth time being there now. I can't remember what it is. And this is by far the best the track's ever been. Uh, it stayed 
very smooth. I know we were all waiting for it to break up a little more the entire event, but I mean, it stayed smooth. And then it, that day that it rained Saturday evening. And then when that thing came around on Sunday, it was just the conditions were amazing. So really cool to see. I know when we were there in 2012, John Pyant was with us. He drove the truck in the trailer there, and, and uh, we parked our trailer right next to the track, right by your um, – we had the rip tent there, I think, yeah. that year. We were along that fence. The only thing is you had your tent blocked off on the back, but our trailer was butted up against the fence there, and that thing was covered in dust. And this year, obviously, we did have this uh, – you know, tr- brought a trailer. We were a little further up, but – it, for the most part, it's in good shape. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, they would build a nice 10-scale track. I think you would, you know, you would shrink it down just a little bit. But the, the conditions would have to be like we were running the mains in for the 10-scale cars to get around it these days. Or you just put sugar down and run the 10-scale cars. That's what it's kind of come down to a little bit with the 10-scale cars. I'm still getting you these photos, so I tell you what, it's the rainy season here in Florida finally. We're is that what that is in the background? Uh well outside, yeah, it's storming. Yeah. Yeah, I figured it was outside. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew says Jason Rona is the hardest working man in RC. I heard from uh Mayfield that you're running around there getting the tips for the track for him. He appreciated all that. Post interview with the uh, Scotty on LCRC. Yeah. Um, and I had a few other people, Jason, message me the same thing. And that's the reason why, like, you're out there at the, at these races doing work. Pretty yeah, well. I mean, it, it it's different uh, these days than it was, I would say, in the 2007 mm-hmm. days. Uh, we were talking about 2007 where Ryan uh, – was leading that race by 30 minutes, but you know, I don't know about the hardest working. I mean, that's can be debatable, I suppose. Dennis Rodman of RC, (laughs) but, um, it, what I've found at this race is this particular weekend is, is a lot of people are working hard. I mean, you got, you know, for us, you know, we got Paul running around, uh, talking to the different drivers and everyone who's coming to him, asking him what to do, what tires to run, what would you do? They come to me, ask. But, you know, really, um, Paul's done so many eight-scale races this year, and last year people are getting um, confident in his opinion and selections also. And I think that's what's different about racing these days than when – I guess you could say I raced or when Paul raced is we didn't ask anybody really what tires to run. We ran tires. So, you know, we, we would pick our own product. We'd pick our own tires and we would go with it. But these days people like getting the input because I think they realize today uh, it means so much on the track, you know, the, what tires you are using and what compound that people are they want that second, third, fourth, fifth opinion because they know uh, it, it means a lot. And for me, I, I tried to uh, a, a long race like this. It's I've learned over the years that 
you know, obviously the beginning days are important, but does these fast guys do, if they're performing right, they can qualify well, but really the, the most important as you pointed out the mains, um, <laughs> is you, you, uh, you gotta have it right in the main. And there's been a lot of these that we've done in the past where we haven't had it right in the main, whether it rained before the race and, we had to glue tires five minutes before the race. Uh, um, so I, I think that you kind of have to, uh, you kind of have to, uh, watch these events, how they're unfolding and you have to ramp up, uh, what's important, uh, as the time comes up because the drivers do get nervous too. And they start turn turning wrenches on the car. They start turn tuning the carburetor. They start um, they start having the tire sweats. You know what tire am I going to run? And oh, you know they start sweating it out. And I hey, I mean I would too. And so it, it's a nerve wracking experience as a driver. And we've we've done it a lot now. And obviously the world's and the Roar Nationals are probably the two most nerve-wracking events because uh, of the the situation with the semifinals than the final. So I think it's you have to peak. Honestly, it's nice to TQ, but it's you need to have a good position, and you really got to peak during the mains. You got to have the right thing, and we've done it. We've done it right. Um, some lots of times, but we've also done it wrong uh, too. So you, you learn, try to learn from some of that stuff, uh, the things you've done wrong and the gluing tires at the wrong time. And uh, so we've kind of done all, all that in over the years and Ryan's suffered the consequences on the track several times too. So uh, it feels good to, when when the product is working and the driver is working to kind of come together at the right time. And, and that's really what's important about Nitro is I'd say one of the things that Ty Tessman has been good at over the years is when his equipment is working and he's one of the fastest, if not the fastest guy that weekend, he's good at taking advantage of that and winning when it's his day. And I've seen so many people, um, that don't win when it's their day. And that's really tough in nitro because you don't know when it's going to be your day again. You know, well, is there car and the tires and are you, do you, are you good on that track? You know, is that, um, so, so when that comes together, you really, you better win because those times are few and far between, uh, when, when it all lines up. So, that's what we've learned over the years is the timing of it all. <clears throat> Corey Jordan left tire salute. Sup fellas. Sup Corey. Corey didn't make it out to the Nats. <laughs> left tire salute. <laughs> so yeah, we already got some good, good questions in here. So we'll say J concepts. Hardest working company in RC. You know, I, I'll say, nice. it yeah, I, you know, you know what? All these people, you know, it's so, it sounds so 
cliche, but everybody's working hard. You walk, I mean, I was walking through the pits and you see people, uh, they're not, you, you know, see they're working on his broken parts. No, everybody's just busting their ass. I mean, I heard so many times, you know, I heard, um, people say we did our homework for this one. I've, you know, I've heard, um, people from the techno pits associated TLR. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, I think everyone's working hard for a race like this or all these events. Um, so it's hard to say that anybody's the hardest working. I think to a lot of people that you're out there in the public eye throughout the whole year, probably a little bit more than some others, maybe. Yeah. Well, and then the other part of that is having uh, the opportunity or the people back at the shop uh, that can, can run things when you're gone. So, you know, whether we have Allison and my mom or Paul and uh, the, the people that are here that we, that we trust, then I can be at some of these events. Um, so takes a team, man. It takes a team. There you go. Uh, let's see. We got a couple questions here. Uh, Corey Jordan says, uh, would have been a 13 hour drive for him. He had to work on Friday. Well, he could have showed up Saturday and just qualified and pretty a and get in there. And <laughs> he'd got that one round of qualifying in Saturday. One round of qualifying. That's it. He would have done it. Piece of cake. Uh, Oscar saying Mayfield is the hardest working man in RC. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's easy to say that after somebody wins. Yeah. If he didn't win, it'd be like, yeah, yeah. He's taking it lightly. (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, he's a hard, he's hardworking. What I think Ryan's good at is he doesn't make a one day job, a five day job. So, if uh, I I'm, I have a habit of doing that, yeah, yeah. So like, if I work on my RC car and I'm thinking I got to build this thing, I got to put electronics in it, and I got to do this and I got to do that, I'm making it a five day job because I'm looking at my electronics and I'm like, I hate putting in electronics. And then that I'm just you know I I I waste a day just thinking about putting in my electronics. Whereas <laughs> about where it. what's he's good at is saying, all right, there's certain things I like, certain things I don't, but. I don't want to spend five days doing this. I'm doing it in one day. And whether it, you know, whatever, whatever it is, he's going to get it done and he's not going to take it back to the hotel with him. He's going to do it at the track. So he, you know, a lot of people waste a lot of time at the track. They'll say, I'll do that later. And then they go around they get their lunch and get their ice cream and go talk to everybody and, you know, waste a bunch of time. Whereas he's just like, I'm just getting this done now. And, and then it's done and it's over. And I think that's probably, uh, I don't know if that's a little more on the, the dedicated or, um, you know, what that's exactly called, but, but I think that's probably a strength for him is to just say, you know what, I'm getting this done now. And cause I don't want to, you know, turn this into a, you know, a a job that's going to take forever. So I'd say that's probably what he's good at. Um, Kurt says, uh, Mayfield approaching goat status for eight scale buggy. What does it take to get that? Or what else does he need to get there? Well, he's got to win the worlds, um, in eight scale. 
<clears throat> I think that, you know, they just came out with the new, you know, we talk about this sometimes, the top 25 RC rankings. Uh, they just updated that. And, you know, he's at the top of that list, which, you know, we've had the most amount of races the last couple of years, and he's uh, especially done well this year. Um, I think he's won every eight skill buggy race he's entered this year. So um, obviously he's having a great year, but, you know, that list, when you look at it, um, I, I like it. I like, we've talked about it every, I think every show we bring it up because it's just a kind of a talking point. But, uh, I mean, you look at guys like David Ronafalk, um, uh, Davide Angaro, and Ty Tessman. I think those are the competitors for the best eight-scale buggy driver in the world. Uh, but, I mean, when you look at all-around racer, you really have to... Ryan's name definitely comes up a lot because... Uh, it doesn't matter the the car if it's a scale. I mean, obviously he's got two world titles in electric ten scale, and um, I kind of keep a I kind of keep a, a running total here of the championships he has in case we ever need to use that. But uh, you know he's got twenty five Roar National titles now, so uh, which is impressive, and he's done it in so many different classes. So as far as the the level of, you know, his status on that list, it's, it's pretty high. It's got to be one of the tops. Uh, I think in order to completely claim the best eight scale driver, he's probably going to have to win that worlds at some point. I mean, he's, we talked about it before. I think everyone we've been to, except for maybe one, he's led at some time or another. So he's led a lot of these worlds we've been to, um, that one in Italy was probably his best chance, I thought, of winning, and he broke that servo in the chicane. I thought that was probably a real winnable race for him. And he was leading several others too. But, um, but yeah, I think he's a, a, a world title away from being maybe the best in eight-scale buggy. And when's the world? <laughs> they keep postponing it. There's no, uh, the next one will be eight scale, but I, it seems like it's been moved to, um, uh, 2022 now. Oh, wow. Okay. What's interesting is, uh, we'll have to go back eventually, but you know, Joseph asking the question, how many Nats has Cavalry won? I think he's in the 30 range. Um, What's impressive about Cavallari is he racked up so many of these pre-2011. Maybe 11. You know, I would say the lion's share of all the nationals he's won have probably come pre-2011. And he just got, you know, he got them like Kenwald in bunches, two, three races, yeah. you know, sweeps, doubles. You know, he was just, he was just on fire and he racked up a ton of them, um, so, yeah, I think Cavallari, uh, he's right up there with the Joel Johnsons. Um, you know, I think Joel was up there in the 30s. Cavallari is up there in the 30s. The big thing about Joel is his, all his were on road. And uh, so. 
And we get an off-road title in there. Joel. Did he win the Roar Nationals in 10 scale? I don't remember. Mm. I don't. I I thought. I know know he's got the world title. Um, I don't remember if he won any of those 80s. I know any of the 90s ones I went to, he didn't win. Maybe in the 80s he could have, but he got a ton of on-road ones. I think Joel kind of did them like Kinwall too. It was like 12 scale, 10 scale, 12 scale, 10 scale, 12 scale carpet. You know, I think that's where he was racking them up. (laughs) We got a question above. Oh, where's that? From Brian. Yeah, so you got your picture in there of uh, a fan. That's not bad. That's that's the regular. uh, That's what I I was sending it for you so you could put it up. But, yeah, that was the the van Paul, he drove up. He got that photo on their trip. Wow, with that trailer on there. That that, that had to be. uh, You had to be uh, pretty cautious with that. It's long. Yeah, I mean, it's a that's a 16 foot trailer we got recently it's our first long trip with it so it actually worked out nice had the ac going during the event and paul met it you, oh man you mean i could have been in the ac yeah i just you didn't say nothing about the the i just thought we were out there in tents no. you didn't say they had an ac trailer there for me to sit in <laughs> i was like wow I, I, you know, I was like i wonder if uh i wonder if dakota brought his trailer this time he did he had his he trailer too all right yeah. well he was kind enough to let me sit in there um, for the warm up race. Uh, admit it, Paul. You had to uh, at one point admit this. You, you forgot you had the trailer in the back, and you cut somebody off or something, <laughs> or nearly wrecked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, where, what question were you talking about, Islanders? Oh, the uh, <clears throat> Brian asked above about how can you explain how drivers decide on what foam oh. inserts to use. There we go. Well, what's been really popular the last several years is people use the foam inserts that come with the tires. All right. I, I don't know exactly what Mayfield said in the interview, but he mentioned what he did with the foam inserts at that race. Uh, do you know anything about that? No, you have to play it. I was on the driver's stand, but I caught like the last yeah. part of the interview. All you right. might have to play that so we can hear it. But um that's what's interesting these days, Brian, is so many guys use the inserts that just come with the tires. Um, yeah, so Oscar's saying that he glued the foam to the wheels. Yeah, that's what he mentioned. Okay. Yeah, and that's something that we use quite often if the track is really high traction. Uh, so, I mean, that's a that's a trick... <laughs> Honestly, you know, what's funny about this is the gluing the insert to the wheel was a Kenwald thing. He was the first person I ever saw glue the inserts to the wheel the way he glued them. Um, So what Mark Pavitas and I did in 97 is we used um, spray adhesive and we took the normal open cell inserts and we used... So it was Super 77, 3M Super 77 spray adhesive. We would spray the inside of the insert, I believe, and the wheel. And we'd slide the insert on the wheel and stick the old open cell foam to the wheel. So that's how we did it then. 
But when we went to closed cell inserts, uh, the first person I ever saw glue closed cell inserts to the wheel was Kinwald. And I, and before that we used double-sided sticky tape to glue the inserts to the wheel. So we would use thin carpet tape and you'd run the tape on the wheel, stick the insert with the tape. Well, then Kinwall just decided to glue the foam to the wheel. And I thought that would never work because it would just, I thought the foam would pull off of the glue and just tear, but it worked great. I couldn't believe it, uh, how well that worked. And people are doing that today, but that was something Kinwald started with the closed cell ins- or the first person I saw do it. Uh, before that, <laughs> we, we were doing the Super 77 and sliding the foams on the wheels. Mark and I did that and, uh, in 97. And, uh, you know, Kurt's saying here that use carpet tape in Albuquerque, which, yeah, that, that was uh, that was something that we did back then. You know, MIP actually made a tape later that you could buy and put on the wheel. But um, so, yeah, going back to 97, um, right around there was the first time we started gluing those open cell inserts. And then in the 2000s, when everyone started doing the closed cell foams, that became a big deal. And uh, Kenwald gluing them but yeah now today <clears throat> ryan ryan used it as a tuning tip for the main oscar's saying he's tried it it's it sucks so it made me traction roll all over the place um, yeah i suck so it made me traction roll <laughs> well yeah <clears throat> Kurt's saying uh, closed cell with uh, ca's dialed yeah it is it, it works really well I think I actually have parts here. We could talk about it. <clears throat> I can just get over this uh, Puxy, Puxitani, uh virus round two. Kirby gave you that. That was another thing that kind of held me back from coming too. Just didn't feel right all week. All right. So what do you got there? Yeah, this is the insert on the wheel, but, and this is the, the one I saw Kinwall do first was a short course. So what he would do is he put the insert on the wheel and then, you know, he lifted up and glue where the, where the piece, uh, hold on where the the tabs here touch the wheel, he would just put a dot of glue all the way around on one side, and then he would do it all the way around on the other side. And then your insert is glued to the wheel, and that's what uh, Kenwell did. Nice. So, like, if you put it together, you know, what you end up doing then is to put it together, you actually have to turn it inside out. So you turn the tire inside out. And, you know, you got to, you have to kind of put it, put it together like this. And then you, you know, you peel this over the top of the insert. Jeez. So that's how you put it together once you glue the insert on there. Boom. It's amazing, but it works really good. Um, you know, it's not something that's used all the time. I would say it's something where when the high traction really traction really comes up uh it's something that's used so what you know kind of because what happens is these these inserts slide on the wheel and we can we can demonstrate that if you like but uh, uh, this is back this is back together but what happens when you put when you put this on the wheel is when you're driving you know this slides on here 
when you go into a turn, you know, these, these, you know, the insert slides, you know, with the wheel. So what happens is when you glue that, it makes that whole package a little bit more rigid. So hmm. there you have it. <clears throat> Paul Wynn saying, uh, first set I ever glued was for Mayfield short course truck, super Nats, and I screwed it up and turned out to be the tires he won with. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> he did. Uh, Damn. See that? Yeah, Paul glued a set of barcodes in gold for Ryan's uh, short course there. Mm -hmm. And for whatever reason, and that was, you know, I remember Paul and I going to that race. We were going to be there for so long for that Super Nats. And we brought a little, um, we brought a little, we brought like a little micro lathe with us or so we could mount tires and then we could actually sand them because we knew that at that time, you know, guys, what they were doing is breaking tires in on the track or driving them in the street. So we brought these, this little, um, I don't even remember if it was an Intigy. It was like an on-road thing. Um, Masami used to use them all the time. He used to put his touring car tire on there and sand the, the, uh, the parting line. But we brought that, I think it was an Intigy one Paul had from on-road or something. And we brought that and we would sand Ryan's tires and, now this was kind of before you just heard drills all the time. So, you know, Paul mounted that set of barcodes for a short course and um, he may feel call them the Holy grail when he, when he drove them and he was just like, that's it. This is my short course tires for the weekend. And he used that same set on his four by four the whole time and kicked ass with it yeah. as usual. Well, see, you thought you screwed it up, but you didn't. Screwed it up good. <laughs> so we got, uh, I think there were some other questions up here. But yeah, to go back to Brian, the side of what foam inserts to use, like I said, the guys are sticking with the ones for the most part that come with the tires. I've seen every once in a while, you'll see people bouncing around to different manufacturers because they feel like, you know, they're one that they choose had a bad batch or they just wanted to get out. You know, I've seen pro line guys use AKAs, AKA use J concepts, J concepts guys using AKAs or, I mean, I, it, people have been all over the place, but for the most part in this recent, uh, we've been using our inserts in our tires. Um, but it changes. Sometimes somebody figures something out and then that becomes hot for a little while and then it kind of fades out and then there's some kind of new thing. But um, tune, I think what people are liking to do now is they're, they're tuning, uh, they're tuning on inserts more than they used to, you know, cutting them, uh, <clears throat> cutting the inserts and the insides and, yeah. Yeah, the uh AKA Horizon thing we'll talk about towards the end of the show. Um yeah, we could talk about that. So Yeah, you're making them uh stick around, huh? Yeah. Yeah, make them stick around. Um Yeah, so you Brian know, Brian says thanks Jason. It's not talked about much. I know JC has a few different ones just deciding on which per condition. We got Will Britton up here. 
Uh, what's he asking? Do you think there could be a gas truck, Nats? There's already been one, Will. Where? Else? Where? The gas truck, Nats, in uh, the early or the late '90s, early 2000s. Oh, he missed, he back, missed it. Yeah, he, he missed it. He missed. He wasn't even born yet, probably. Yeah, Will wasn't born yet. We already had <clears> gas truck, Nats. Tebow won seven of them, I think. <laughs> good luck. <laughs> Tebow does pretty good. Yeah, Tebow won seven gas truck nationals, I think. I think Billy Easton's got three or four. Uh, Jake, how we doing? Yeah, so between Tebow <laughs> seven, we'll have to make sure. I think Kurt Kurt was around for most of those. Uh, most of those Tebow, Tebow wins. I think he's got seven, and Billy might have three. So just between those two guys, that's ten. Um. Cavalieri, I'm sure one, one or two. Mark Pavitas probably. Richard Saxton won a bunch. Uh, Richard Saxton probably won two of them. Um, so we got Jake in the room here now. What's up, Jake? Oh yeah, we're supposed to talk about the bodies too, but uh, oh, yeah. So we got the bodies to talk about. We got the gas tank uh, controversy to talk about. We got Alex Sturgeon at the top. He was asking about belted hotties. We do have belted hotties, Alex, and I believe they just. I believe we just got them back in, so you, you probably should. Get on the phone. Get those orders in. And we got Ryan Greening here asking about or stating that they should rename the Truggy class. Well, I don't think it's actually named Truggy to begin with. It's actually named One-Eighth Truck. Oh. So Truggy is just sort of a word that everybody uses to describe it because I think it's just kind of a fun word. And, but I think it's technically in Roar called one eighth truck. And I think before that it was monster truck. Um, hmm. that's interesting. And, you know, I think, I, I think this is a real <clears throat> kind of a funny subject. Um, he says those vehicles look nothing like a truck with the behind the tower design. Yeah, they don't. But either did they before. <laughs> That's true. I got a picture to send you. Wait, wait for this. All right. Is this something to put up on the green screen? Yeah. Oh, totally. Oh, okay. Watch this, guys. Look at this photo. Well, it's going to take a while here. I like the mains. So. Oh, okay. Go. Uh, yeah. I mean, Forward. to be honest, I've never, I've never really felt. Uh, the one eighth truck class or the truggy class. I don't think they've ever looked like trucks to me. Um, they were buggies when they started. Uh, there has been monster trucks. They've been versions of monster trucks. I mean, look at the tires on this. Thing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they're really, they're really more like monster trucks than they are trucks. I mean, look at this tire. Yeah. I, the wheels, the wheels four inches tall. So I believe that's like in in right. I think that would be like the equivalent of running like 
40 inch wheels on a real truck. So, um, I mean, that's true. And these things are like five inches tall. So that's like, you know, whatever, say it's 50 inch tires, which is like a monster truck. A monster truck tires are 66 inches tall. So the truggy tires are, I mean, to begin with, I don't know what, um, what vehicle runs this kind of a tire and wheel, but, uh, to me, these things are just, uh, the races are badass though. See, look at my picture. Oh man. There it is. (laughs) What's this now? Look at that thing. Good God. Say no to truck boat. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> truck boat. That's funny. But look at this thing you got in the background. Yeah. Love it. Joseph said that's pretty kick ass. <laughs> look at that thing. It's badass. It is. Look at the bed in the back. Looks like this. <laughs> it's got the short nose. It's got the short nose in the front. Right. Look at the cab. Look at the Look cab. At short nose. Right. Look at that thing. It's a thing of beauty. Yep. But, it uh, <clears throat> you know, what happens to me every single time we do one of these bodies is at first, I'm not sure about it. And, you know, we, we all made fun of the techno one when it came out and, but now I'm used to this. Like I would be mad going back. I'm going to be, I'm going to have a hard time adjusting going to the other body that covers the shock towers. Um, I just think it's like a, um, I just think it's kind of an interesting RC <clears throat> vehicle. Mm-hmm. Checkered pass says, uh, Comedy from YouTube, by the way. Go over to YouTube and subscribe to our channel over there. Uh, Charlie Stanker gets credit for that. He gets credit for a lot of things. <laughs> well, here's what happened with the whole body thing. We'll just go. Yeah, um, good. So this is we'll, the. We'll get, we'll get on that road. The uh, Bruggy. Okay, Bruggy. Though I, saw people, though I saw people in chat call it the Ruggy. Yeah, I don't know where the Ruggy comes from. What's the R? It was R U G G Y, and it was a couple people saying that was what it was called. But what was the what's the R referencing? <laughs> I have no idea. Okay, maybe maybe they were wrong, so it's Bruggy. But <laughs> I, either way, that chat was going off the hook, man. I was sending you screenshots. So <clears throat> I I did a I think we did a an interview. Um, I think we did an interview with Scotty Ernst during the race, but. Um, <clears throat> oh, the R in Truggy. So you remove the T and then it's Ruggy. It's just Ruggy. Okay. It's because there's no T, that's the truck part, I guess. Gotcha. Um, so anyway. Um, yeah. We, so we, we've we've already been down this road. So out. go back to 2009 uh, uh, when Losi made their, we called it the Tadpole body. So when they made their their low C eight T the first one, the they covered the rear shocks with the body. Like everybody else was doing like uh, Chad Bradley's Truggy. He put a nice picture of the Truggy body he loves, which was the jamming. Of course that was during his uh, generation also, but 
He had the one that covered the rear shocks. Okay. Then Losi made one that didn't cover the rear shocks and it ended at the rear of the tower. Uh-oh. And, you know, and that one came up and went over the top, but we called that one the tadpole body. Cause it looked like this big tadpole. <laughs> and uh, so then when that came out, everyone hated that. Everyone said that was ugly. Uh, the tadpole was ugly. Then we um, kind of, um, you know, kind of history repeating itself. Uh, we thought it was time. We needed to make uh, one for Ryan. So we made a Punisher Truggy body for Ryan's associated Truggy. And this was uh, 2009, 2010. I think it's 09. <clears throat> I got the flyer in the other room. But uh, so same thing. Paul worked on this Punisher body for the associated truck. We made a rear tower mount that uh, was an aluminum piece that said Mayfield edition. And I bolted to the rear tower, dropped the body mounts down. And we had our cab forward uh, tadpole truggy body for Mayfield. We went to the roar nationals in Joliet there uh, late on uh, Joliet. Yeah. And, and he won uh, the roar nationals with that body. And we had two of them there. I believe it was him and J.R. Mitch. Uh, both had uh, that that Punisher body there. So uh, I think we had first was a carbon fiber rear mount to on that truck. I don't remember if Paul made it or I made it, how we ended up making that. Um, but we, we mounted the body mounts low. And then we ran it on the Punisher. Well, anyway, then we had to. We made an aluminum one that said Mayfield edition. Then you had to buy the body. Then you bought the, the body mount part for the rear. And it was actually a nice piece people, but we, we got the same, uh, flack on using the, uh, having that body in, uh, for the Punisher. And then as, tr- uh, the, <laughs> the Truggy class kept going, then now the kits, all the kits started coming with those bodies actually associated, uh, see right there, I have the Mayfield Edition RC8TE. So, um, Associate, actually, they sold the truck with our body uh, in those days, came with the Punisher body, and then pretty soon every Truggy had that style body that didn't cover the rear tower. Everyone just kind of got used to it, yeah. uh, even though that <clears throat> at first everyone thought they were ugly. So, And by then, they didn't look like trucks anyway, Uh and I think people mentioned the same exact things. They were ugly. They don't look like trucks. It was exactly the same thing yeah. in, in 2009, 2010. Um, so uh, kind of fast forward, we've been to, th- we've been through three different tire and wheel combinations for this class. Uh, something that uh, the buggy class, I think has really only been through two revisions uh, on buggy um, uh, tires and wheels. The truggy has been through three. And so fast forward a bunch. Uh, we did the finisher body. I believe that was for uh, the event. Um, I believe on Mayfield's Losey truck, we we started the the finisher body. Of course, several others were out there. Like Proline had like the Bulldog, and um, there was of course the the Losey one, the first one, and several others. Uh, so we had our then we did our finisher body. And that was been the the hot ticket. That's what's on Ryan's truck from the 19 nationals. Uh, And then uh, Techno, who's been really kind of, I think Techno's kind of made a name for themselves in a sense. Uh, 
what is going on here? Anyway. No, you're, yeah, you're good. So fast forward along, Techno has been sort of one of the ones that has been really into the racing side of RC. They've been pushing sort of the limits of the looks of these cars for many years already. I mean, they've essentially what they've been doing is function, a function look. The way that they techno makes their bodies is they essentially just put steps and blocks over everything on the car. Uh, so it clears all the electrical, the servos, uh, the cab is actually on their buggy really kind of accommodates, um, you know, uh, their fuel tank, their whole <laughs> buggy body is kind of designed around the fuel tank. Um, and they just have steps and everything everywhere else so that it covers the, the electronics and, and all that type of thing. So, uh, that's how they've been designing their buggy bodies for a while. And then when they decided to do a new truggy, which they've always had a really popular, uh, one eight scale truck, uh, they've, uh, and, uh, so when they came out with the new one, I believe it was, uh, we first saw it lacked at this body at the Southern nationals in Louisiana. And I think, uh, their driver there, um, I can picture his face, but I'll come up with his name here in a minute. He's kind of their test driver, kind of on the road test driver. Um, so he was running that body there and everyone was like, Oh, what are we doing? Um, you know, what, what's going on here with this body? And it was, you know, the ended in front of the tower. Um, so fast forwarding a little bit, uh, they came out with that body to sell with their new truck. Uh, everybody of course got on the internet again and, and everybody said they was ugly and didn't look good and all these type of things. And, um, so, um, then, uh, <clears throat> then Jared won Silver State in the Truggy class. Yeah, Jared Wiggins, Charlie Max got it. Jared Wiggins. Uh, so he had that truck uh, body at the Southern Nats. And so then Jared won Silver State with the, um, at the race uh, over there in Vegas. And, I didn't think anybody thought at that particular race, like um, Jared was at so much of an advantage with the body, but he certainly won and he definitely made an impression. And I believe after that race is when, uh, you know, Paul and I kind of talked and we're like, well, we got the nationals. Should we make something here? And we kind of put it on the list of something to work on for the race. And what people don't know is we've actually had, people drivers from techno you know team guys and uh guys from techno saying will you make a body like this for the techno mm. we kind of want to see one that has your touch but has this type of design so we actually had techno drivers and techno uh management <laughs> really kind of ask us if we're going to make a body like theirs and they just really asked us for a better looking version. I mean, that's kind of, um, so, you know, um, so anyway, going back to, you know, Paul and I discussed it. We're like, let's put it on the list. Let's try to make this thing for the nationals. Uh, during all that time, uh, um, 
Dakota Fenn went to the warm-up race uh, at LCRC, which you were at. Yep. You stayed in his trailer. Uh, yep. He ran a lot of running on the track there. He had a lot of uh, TLR uh, people there with him while he was testing. And I remember him text. He texted me after the race and said, Hey, um, I think this would be an advantage if we could get a truck, uh, a, a truck body for the nationals that, you know, was like, uh, you know, in front of the, the tower body. And so, you know, by then we were already kind of working on it. And I told Dakota that we're, we're planning on making something and he just said, cool, can't wait to see it. And we never actually showed anything to Mayfield. We never really told him we were working on it. We never told Spencer we were working on it. Never talked to Adam Drake about it. Uh, we just kind of, we just kind of kept working on it, knowing that it was going to be a tight timeline for us to get it finished in time but we know from the past that a lot of the the painters that we work with like larry genova who turns stuff out for us all the time custom rc <clears> graphics <throat> if we get him the thing a day before we leave he'll knock it out because he knows it's important um dark side designs he painted adam drake's uh last minute and bradley's fine line he painted dakota's last minute so we had four bodies painted and it was a prototype body. This isn't a final piece. It's not done yet. Uh, we made as many as we could before the mold was essentially broken. Um, so we got to about you know five or six bodies and uh, some that we use for cutouts and to make sure it fits the truck. And uh, one of the, the items we decided to concentrate on was where it, it ended in the front. What... Uh, what we didn't really like about the techno one is how it, it dropped down here and went all the way to the front top deck, which it's convenient because you can use the buggy body mount or on tech in techno's case, they actually incorporated that into their design of their tower so they could lower, they could run the mounts uh, low or high. So uh, what we decided to do is keep the top, um, the hood up here, uh, right even with the front shock tower. And we came up with a another adapter like we did in 2009 <clears> at <throat> the back of the rear tower for Mayfield. This time we made one for the front. Uh, we knocked out uh, some carbon fiber pieces and we got a body uh, set up for front body mount. And and that was... Uh, the Then the difficulty there was making the one body fit on three trucks. We had the Mugen, we had the TLR, and we had the associated trucks here. Um, we actually used Ryan's 19, or 2019 national champion truck to mock up the body, which was great. Came in handy. We had a Spencer Rivkin truggy. Uh, that was actually my truggy. We put his body on it. And then we had uh, a, a, a TLR 8, 8T. What is the thing called? Yeah, 8T. Is it an Elite? Something like that. We had that. So Paul mocked them all up in the front, figured out what we could do, make it work. And um, so that was the idea there. Um, kind of going back a little further during last summer, uh, during the height of the pandemic, I guess, 
uh, Ryan was messing with a speed run buggy and uh, we made him an extra long buggy body back then. So that was actually part of the project here. Um, my concept was let's just put a cab on top of the, the, the long buggy body we made for Ryan uh, for his speed run car. And then uh, Paul kind of took it a little further by using a cab that we already had from our uh, F2 truck. And then that's why the front nose piece, it's a mini version of our truck F2. Uh, so we used a lot of different uh, parts here to make this. Uh, we, we use, so we use actual truck, 10 scale truck bodies. We used a buggy body, uh, the long buddy, buggy body we made a year ago. So uh, a lot of parts and pieces here, uh, carbon fiber front sh uh, body mount adapters and all this type of stuff to make it work on uh, three trucks. We can make <laughs> a, only a few bodies and we got them painted and got out there and TQ would won the race. Nice. The so. feedback was, I know Paul had that up there earlier. Really the feedback was that they felt like the truck was, I'm saying truck, uh, but they, they liked the way the thing flew in the air and they liked uh, Richard Saxon commented on this, that he loved being able to see the suspension. Uh, typically with a, the other truggy body, it would cover the front of the shocks and you didn't necessarily see the, the suspension moving uh, as much, but like this, you could actually see the front end, you know, while you're running, you know, Paul and I were, you know, you, you could see the front end doing this, uh, you know, while you're driving it. So I think the guys driving the trucks, like the fact that they could see the the suspension moving and working and and then uh, just corner speed i know ryan commented right away he ran the body one time and he said this is better to me and i'm running it i'm sticking with it and uh his corner speed was up he said the mugen typically doesn't turn as much as uh, maybe say the low c truck or the maybe the hb truck doesn't quite have the the steering that those trucks have. And he felt like this body uh, definitely kind of helped them uh, on the track. So uh, like it or love it, that's the story. And uh, I'm used to it now. I can't wait for us to finish this thing and, uh, you know, add a couple little details that uh, we couldn't get done in time and make this production and, and kind of get everybody on this, on this style body. I think, I think it's the new way to go. I'm I'm used to it now. I'll be disappointed if we had to run one of the other ones. I wouldn't like it anymore. <laughs> National champ. And then look at that truck behind you. That thing is so sweet. It's a beast. That's a Kirby should have bought. So we got Matt Adams. Uh, Matt says, did you consider making one in the same style that the cab would go over to side pods more? Yeah, what he's talking about is moving this this side of the cab out this way more and in, in down. Okay, why? I, well, I think he just feels like he probably doesn't want this horizontal edge here as much. He feels like if this is wider, then 
it'll maybe look more like a truck. I don't know. Um, I honestly like it like this. There's a couple things that I would like to do to this, but I'm not going to say. Looks thinner. Uh, Slim down. Um. Yeah, so I, there's some things that I, I would like to do, but I'm not going to talk about them. Oh, okay. Just have to wait and see. Yeah, we got Chris uh-huh. Chris Trudeau asking about uh, it's a progression of the monster truck class. Yeah, Chris says, is it a progression of the monster class or is it getting away from the origins of the class as being a monster truck. Uh, yeah, I don't, um, it's hard to say. I've never, I've really never thought of these things as trucks. The one to me that looked kind of like a truck, the one that kind of looked like a truck to me, um, um, the one that kind of looked like a truck to me, was the one that Jay Smoker won the very first Nitro Challenge with. Maybe he's talking about the truck behind me. <laughs> he could make it just like that one. Yeah. <clears throat> so here's... Um, I'll send you a picture of a real Truggy from... Uh, this was kind of circulating the internet here. All right. Uh, Matt Adams says, I was thinking if the windshield was wider, it might add more steering. Yeah, what's interesting is we, um, you know, it already had more steering in this configuration, the guys felt. Like it was already more nimble. Okay. So. Uh, Larry says, what tire did Mayfield win the Nats on? LCRC is always a tough track with tires. I'll answer that. J Concepts. I got another good picture for you. Uh, he won with, uh, these are blue compound reflexes on Truggy. Uh, and what he did is he actually ran these in the third qualifier and then he actually ran them, uh, pre-race. So he ran them. Yeah. Warm up. Before, before the main, he ran them in the third qualifier and the A main warm up, And then again in the main. So these probably have about 60 minutes on. Them. Yeah, that's what he said in the live RC interview. Yeah. So he's, so these, these tires probably have <laughs> about 60 minutes on them, but anywhere, basically we, we were oh, right between running blue compound and our aqua compound the entire weekend. Those are the two compounds we ran. We just bounced between the two of them, depending on how hot it was time of day, how grooved it was, but he settled on the blues because that Truggy main was, uh, when did we say that started? Gotti, it was about 12 o'clock. I know we had a big debate in the chat when all these races were going to start, but, um, why does my glasses? So crazy? <laughs> uh, but I think it started around noon. What? I, th- I think the Truggy a main started around. noon. Oh yeah. Somewhere around there. And, he felt that the track wasn't quite hot enough yet to go to aqua. So he ran the blues gotcha. in this. Okay. Interesting. 
Um, Lynn so I, is I, not- sent you, I sent you another photo of what a, a they have a Treggy class in the real life. You know what? I'm not afraid to admit this. I did not know that. Oh, okay, I've seen these. This is a Truggy? That's what they call it. Oh, okay. Good God. The RC ones looks way better. All right. Um, Lynn is asking, are there any rules against putting vents in a Truggy body to let air out? There, there are some rules, but typically what we would we used to do i got another photo we'll share uh, <clears throat> you know we already got a big hole up here for the for the to get for the fuel tank and then we put a hole in the side here for using a fuel bottle uh, and then we got a, a small hole up here where they tune the high end needle on the engine but with the other bodies we started cutting the window passenger and driver side windows out and then Later on, we were cutting the back out a little bit, uh, but there was never any rules. We brought that up there, and they were okay with that, and Roar having the side windows open and the back. We didn't do that on this one, although I'm sure we could uh, down the road if we wanted because uh, what, what they want, what we wanted with the other body was getting some flow through the front over the engine head. So um, we could have did the, this race. But we, we chose not to, but uh, with as hot as it was, it probably wouldn't have been a bad idea. Uh, I think where things get a little sketchy, if if Mar actually has a, um, a, a dimension that you have to stick to and the, their cutouts actually um, have to appear on the body. So there has to be a scribe line on the body and they have a dimension for it uh, in IFMAR. Okay. I see you got up our Truggy picture now. Yep. There you go. Yeah, the RC ones look way better. But, I mean, that doesn't uh, look anything like a truck, so. Yeah, I think that was what Paul was kind of. I mean. What he was kind of. And it does have the small front end. Yeah. Not like the old ones were like this. Yeah, I, I just I think that to me this class has never has really never really been a truck. Uh, What's up, Jason? So I I don't know um, the the one that uh, seems to come up. I think the one that you can put up here that I think looks looks nice today. Chad Bradley uh, put up a picture of his jamming truck from. I would say this is about. Had to be about two thousand eight or nine, maybe, maybe before that. Uh, so this is his jam and truggy when the when the body was full size, went over the rear tower, went over the front tower. Uh, you know, it looks a little more truckish, but it's stadium truck. That's the style we use for stadium truck. It wasn't the style that looked like a real truck. It was the style we used for stadium trucks. So it was like a stadium truggy back then. So, you know, that was the, it's the RC-10T look, we'll call it. The RC-10T was the first, you know, there's the JRX-T, mm-hmm. which basically was a traditional body, went over the, the shocks, went over the tower, uh, flat rear bed, uh, the tire still stuck outside the body, which 
real trucks, the tires don't stick outside the body. Monster trucks, tires stick outside the body. But anyway, then when Associated came out with a stadium truck, we'll call it, uh, when Associated came out with a stadium truck, they did the one where the shocks, uh, the body went below the shocks and the body went over the shocks. They had a hood scoop in the back. They had the shock tower humps, which is kind of what Chad Bradley's Truggy looks like here. They had the roll bars, you know, uh, the roll bars here in the back on Chad's. He made them windows. You know, you can see on his, <laughs> he actually uh, made... I believe windows back there, which make it look like roll bars, I think is what the idea is. Uh, but, and then the, the humps that go over the rear shocks, but that's the stadium truck design. That's what we used uh, on the RC 10 T. And then later on, like the double XT and, and, um, and the reason that Jay probably make the body look like that was because he, that's the era, uh, you know, that he, he's from, but you can see how, where the wing was, back then on the jamming and then where the shock tower humps are. So, you know, the body was up here somewhere. Yeah. And it went, and it went all the way back. It didn't follow the, the, the chassis, like the buggy bodies do. I don't know which way to go. There you go. So. You know, I like that one too. Yeah. It but, looks badass. But what was, you know, honestly, what was kind of interesting about that body is, um, they they got more damage. They got really. Yeah, we damaged those bodies more than we damaged these. It hmm. seems like. So it seemed like we like the back. We would really, um, yeah. We'll get we'll we'll show that one too, Chris. That's the one to me that was a little more trucky, but it's still <laughs> an, an ST. But you'll see the tires are actually inside the body. That's the difference. Go back um, to Infernal. But that jamming truck body, what that thing did is it went back here, under back underneath the wing, and then you had to cut a big channel out of the back of that body to go around the rear wing mount. So what would happen is that body would flex like this, and guys would drive around, and these the, the all that stuff would bust off. Yeah. So guys, you know, obviously Chad's looks awesome there, but what would happen with those bodies is you would wreck them and stuff. And then all this stuff just became all flimsy back here. Oh, okay. Hmm. Uh, Troy says, uh, for me, I have, I had a hard time telling if it was a truggy or buggy class without looking at the screen for the class. I get it for performance. I just wish it was more like a short course look. Yeah, I mean, if you and if you wanted to put a short course on this, I mean, look, think of how big this thing would be. Yeah, I mean, the body would the the body would have to be this wide. Good God! Um, and I'm sure it would be kind of a neat look. I got, yeah. but it's it would be all out of scale. The thing about a short course truck is the length of the chassis compared to the width, and the tires stay under the body. That's what makes a short course truck look more like a truck because. It's narrow, it's long, and the body goes over the tires. Yeah. Um, so uh, there was another picture we were going to send. Oh, let me find that one with um, – you can talk for a second. I'll find the one with uh, – um, I do have to go back to my uh, favorite photo. 
There you go. Let me get the one. <laughs> yeah, you know, Troy's got a, a good point there. And I, I've seen it myself. You know, when you're looking at the stuff, uh, you, you have a hard time determining uh, which one is which. And honestly, I got this uh, this picture here of the Inferno, and the tires are still outside of the body. So it's not 100% like I remember it. And the tires are ugly, but that's besides the point. So I'll send that over, put that up. Okay. Uh, that's Jay Smoker's 2000. Wow. The year 2000 winning. The year 2000. Y2K. Had a lot of, did you have a lot of computer issues back then? Did I tell you about the awesome name I had for the car kit we were coming out with at Trinity, the Switchblade? The the mod, the, the logo. Or, um, you you told me about this. I just forget. Yeah, we were was. just trying to come up with a tagline. It was 1999. And I'm like, uh, Y2K ready. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Y2K ready was perfect. I pitched it to them. Tony P turned it down. Tony turned P was turning down. you down. Everything but midnight, right? That was a great midnight, name. Yeah, that was yeah. Didn't turn me down for that. Didn't turn me down. That you love that name, don't you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. God damn, man. That was the one I liked. The midnight. The other one. <clears throat> what was the other two motors? The green machine. That one thing was ugly. <laughs> that was the Sorry. ugliest stock motor. That was, was the okay. red one. The slot machine. That was ugly too. Yeah. I was going to say about the green machine now. Oh, the green machine. Uh, <laughs> so when I stayed at the Trinity house, which we called the Trinity house because there was like six or eight of us at a time in there. Uh, but the Trinity apartment. Uh, so we had a couch there that was just like, it looked like something from the seventies and it was green and we called it the green machine. That's what I slept on. I was like, God, he's sleeping on the green machine. <laughs> So that was the motor name. Yeah, that's what that's where the motor came from. All right. All right um I, I actually, you know what? The green machine was comfortable. I'm not gonna lie, man. That thing was comfortable. I, I was happy. I had my TV at the end of it there. There was the green machine. Perfect. Wish I would have had photos. Wish we had phones like we did or like we do today back then. All so right, we got uh, Oscar mentioning here he watched the 2000 DNC at the dirt. The dirt raceway was his original home track. <clears throat> yeah. I raced there in the 90s. Uh, that's the times that I raced at that track. It's another uh, Oscar from uh, commenting from YouTube. So we're getting some YouTube people in here now. I don't promote that page much. And for, I, I always just forget to say, hey, go subscribe to our YouTube channel. But head on over there, type Radio Impound, hit sub. We're also broadcasting from there. Um, oh, I got to put that picture up. Yeah. yeah. Let me go get that. So, yeah, we got another photo here showing Jay Smokers. Um, <laughs> I got to find one of my favorite photos. So we're going to see Jay Smokers 2000 Dirt Nitro Challenge winning Truggy. There it is. And look at the horsepower he has coming out of the hood of that thing. Oh, man. Let me, uh, look at that. Yeah, look at the, look at the horsepower. 
Oh my god! Anybody got and that thing going around a track? They did not work very well. I mean, you can see how it. Uh, um, All right, you can see how you can see how narrow <laughs> narrow the tires were, like a buggy. Yeah, we'll talk about that, Alex. That's pretty funny. Hey, Oscar, I appreciate you doing that. Make it look like more people are using YouTube. <laughs> um, yeah, Joseph says, yep, just as fugly as I remember. I mean, and look at how beat up that. Tucker May. Look at how beat up that, that body Could is. be any worse than having this face with that photo. Good God. Um so what else are we talking about here? Uh, I'm going through the uh, comments coming in. Will DNC ever return to Fear Farm? Uh, not that I know of. I, I think the Fear Farm is still out there. I believe they don't have a driver stand, permanent driver stand. Like they have to roll in a trailer or something like that. Oh. And Paul's got a question about the slot <clears throat> in the rear of the body. It might have been a pull start. That could be what it was for. Oh, yeah. Um, it's got to be. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's a so that was the 2000 winning Dirt Nitro Challenge. Uh, Truggy there. <laughs> what uh, what comment are you laughing at? <laughs> this uh, another one coming from YouTube, it looks like. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, we do have another one from YouTube, unless it's Oscar again with three platforms. Um, RC, RC class action lawsuit. <laughs> I love that name. How did Mayfield go from being really, really, really good to basic, basically unbeatable? He's making his fellow pros look like club racers. Uh, I... Well, first of all, I don't. I don't think he's on. You know, I, I obviously, I know he's using unbeatable as a, um, just part of this. But I think that he's always had the ability to dominate. He's always had the skill to dominate and the speed to dominate. But there's, like we talked about earlier, there's a lot more to it than just being fast. It's there's it's a huge package with the eight scale cars. And between the car, the engines, the tires, uh, just a huge, huge, uh, you know, package that goes along with winning these races. And uh, I think he, I think his driving style really suits eight scale. And I think that's one of the things. Uh, what's interesting is he started in 10 scale, of course, and he's got his world championships in 10 scale. But I think the eight scale probably suits his style even more. And um, but what's happening now is he's getting to the point where he's had so many bad things happen in these races that he's learning from them, and he's able to. Uh, he's incorporating all these bad experiences now into good results. So, you know, over the years, you know, you've broke out, you know, you've lost races cause you broke, 
You lost races because you flamed out. You lost races because you ran out of fuel. Uh, you lost races because your tires came off the wheels. You lost races because, um, you know, you flamed out in the pits or, you know, there's so many ways you can lose these races and he's, he's had them all happen. So he's lost all these races because of these different things. And I've been there <laughs> when they've happened and been a part of it. And, but what I think now what's happening is he still has the speed but now he has a lot more of the savvy to go along with it of the way to a, a perfect instance this weekend, I'll say, is before. So we, we haven't even discussed this yet, but we, you know, we had the whole um, technical inspection thing where the guys failed with their fuel tanks, right? Yeah. When Ryan passed tech, they came back and him and Truy and Adam Drake, Ryan said, all right, let's put some more stuff in the tank. So when we get teched again, it's not even a question. Like it's not even close because now we're running a 60 minute race. So right there, that's one. He said, I'm not going to make it close again with the fuel tank. Let's put more, let's, let's make that adjustment right now. And then I'm going to pit at six minutes and 40 seconds. I'm not going to pit at seven and a half because the one thing he knows is as these races go on longer, the cars never get better gas mileage. They only get worse gas mileage. So all these things he's learned from the past, he uh, now incorporated that into his strategy for the main. He said, okay, let's, um, let's make sure if we go into tech after a 60-minute race that the car still passes. So boom, right there. Then the second thing is I'm going to pit earlier because I know in the semi, Truy and Adam Drake told him that the car was running close on runtime. So he's like, I'm going to pit even sooner because I know if I'm running the main, I'm pushing it harder. It's a whole nother 30 minutes. He's going <clears> to <throat> pit, pit sooner. So he pit sooner. So right there, that's two things that he's had happen at races that he incorporated into this final that helped him get the win. And he actually gave himself a little bit of a disadvantage in the main, but he felt like over the course of the 60 minutes, that was going to play out better for him. And I think these are the kinds of little things that, that he's using that's helping him win these races. And, um, and, and that's just, that's just a small part of it. But the other part of it is the savvy on the track is, um, you know, looking uh, seeing it as a big 60 minute race instead of seeing it as a, you know, a short five minute race. It's, did I get a good start? Check. Good start. Am I in one? If I, am I in first, second or third check? Yes, I'm there. That's all you need to be. You don't need to be in first right away. You only need to really be in first at the end. So <clears throat> you you learn over time that I just need to be in the hunt. I need to be close. I need to be within five seconds, eight seconds of the lead. And guys make mistakes. Guys have pit trouble. And he's seen this happen. So now he knows by being there, um, I think that he's making those adjustments on, on the fly. And I think that's what is helping him uh, 
do even better at these races. It's not that he, I don't think that he's unbeatable. What's happening is he's getting the most now out of what he has. Whereas before he might've had a great 15 minutes or a fast 15 minutes. Now he's getting a, a good 60 minutes. He's getting a good 45 minutes. And that's really what, uh, really what it comes down to, you know, and you know, he brought up the, you know, RC class actions bringing up, he said, watching him choke at the 08 worlds and 10, his brain is caught up with his fingers. Well, I was at both of those races and I didn't feel that he choked at either one of them. I mean, he led in 08, he led the most amount of laps at the farm. Uh, he flamed out in the pits. Brent had to put a new glow plug in the car. Uh, he was running the Reedy engine there. And, um, Hara dropped two pit stops on him. Hara went 10 minutes there. Ryan was pitting at six and a half. So Hara had two less pit stops. Mike Truey had one less pit stop there. And, uh, when Ryan flamed out in the pits, they changed his glow plug. That really hurt his chances. Hmm. Was he going to win with the two pit stop disadvantage? I don't think so. I think Hara was still going to win, but he would have at least got second or third. I think instead he got, fifth or something. Um, and then, uh, 2010, which was in Thailand, he TQ'd the first two rounds. I think he TQ'd one of them by 10 seconds. Uh, those were 10 minute qualifiers, I believe. And he was leading that main too. So in 08 and 2010, he was leading both of those races. Of course, 2010, they think he ran out of fuel. Uh, Brent was his pit guy and Brent, uh, swears that he thinks he ran out of fuel because he was on his in lap. And I agree. I think that's what happened. I think he was on his in lap in, in Thailand and I think he ran out of fuel. Um, which is, uh, an issue in those main events, 60 minute race. You're pushing the car hard. Uh, it's a huge track. I mean, that track was amazing. Uh, with that big, uh, left, bowl almost turn uh i loved w- watching the guys run on that track and i think he ran out of fuel at that race so i don't think he really choked the one thing i thought that he that happened there is he made about two or three mistakes during that main that i think ultimately did not help the the fuel uh mileage on that one stop i know one point he fell onto the other side of the track and they had those little fences everywhere on that thailand track that built all those little metal fences and i remember him being on the wrong side of the track and the term marshals they had paid term marshals uh the guy's trying to put him on the wrong side of the track and ryan kept driving into the fence saying no i'm over here i'm supposed to be over here and the term marshal was kind of like turning him so Ryan finally is driving into the fence and the car's doing backflips <laughs> because he had to get on the other side. Right. And I remember that one really costing a lot of time and probably a lot of fuel. So, mm. so I don't think he was really, he definitely wasn't choking at those events. It definitely was more of the equipment was not up to par and the program wasn't up to par with the speed and he didn't have the savvy. I don't think 
in today's day, I don't think if you're running a great race, you don't want to find yourself on the other side of the track. That's a good way to lose it. And I think that's something that you have to be aware of when you're racing that I don't want to be over there. And if you're, that's the other thing is when you're running a main and you feel like, um, I feel like if you jumped onto that side of the track, um, I feel like you're going to avoid that. You're going to try to, you're going to jump that section differently. Um, so anyway, got a couple more comments here. Yep. Um, So what RC class action saying is that what I meant was I had several un he had several unforced errors in that races. Choking not the best term, I agree. Yeah, I think um, that is right. Yeah. All right. So speaking of fuel, you're talking about fuel there. Uh, how do you guys feel? And this going down the fuel tank line here. How do you guys feel about the fuel tanks on how the fuel tanks are tested after these roar events? Do they test at the right time? Right after an hour long main when everything in the car is still hot? Or should they let the car fully cool down before they even touch it? Well, number one, I believe the rule states that <clears throat> they do tech it right after the race. And um, so the car comes in after the race, they tech it. Well, in this situation at the race, not only did they tech it then, they tech these guys three more times. So it wasn't like the car came in to tech. They tried it one time and said, Oh, it doesn't pass and set it to the side and you're disqualified. They actually gave these guys every opportunity for that thing to be legal. That possible. Those guys in tech did not want to disqualify Gord Tessman. Are you kidding me? I mean, he was on him like a hawk, man. <laughs> I mean, if you look at these pictures, I mean, the tech guys here are teching and Gord is right here. I mean, yeah. I, I the last thing I'm wanting to do is DQ uh, either one of those guys. And I think that was the case. But when the, when it kept coming up that they let the car cool down, okay, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes. I mean, we were waiting there a long time. I mean, you were commenting in the chat, Gotti, like, when is this thing going to start? And I'm like, these cars aren't even close to be coming out of tech yet. And they gave them every opportunity for them to tech, right? They didn't want to disqualify them. They kept testing it because they were hoping that one of them would come out fine and they could say, fine, here you go, go to the race, you know? And, I don't think it was their fault. Um, now you could say that maybe the, the, the thing that just came up right away when we ran the race, we came down the ramp. That was the hottest day of the weekend, uh, a Sunday. And when we ran that semifinal, it was the hottest time of the day. Those guys were driving hard, especially Tessman and Mayfield in their race. And when they brought it into tech, those cars were really hot and it was the hottest time of the day. So it is known that these tanks do get hot and they kind of expand a little bit. That is a known issue in eight scale. Um, but all the guys know that, that race and especially 
is the guys that are as experienced as these other guys is, um, they know that these, that the tanks do kind of expand. So, um, so I think that, I think the guys were given every opportunity for the things to be legal for tests within probably an hour long time. I mean, it was probably an hour by the time Cole came off the track till the last time they ran it. And, and it, I don't, from what I understand, ties was really close. Um, and then I don't think Cole's was all that close, but I could be wrong about that. Um, that was just hearsay, but I think that, you know, there's a theory that, you know, they're, they're trying to paint some of these things as a roars fault, but I don't really think it's roars fault. They're using the same equipment that they've been using for years. Um, they're using the same measuring devices They're They, all these guys had the opportunity to tech their cars before the event, uh, tech them during the event. Uh, there was spot checks during qualifying. So I, I do have to blame the racer in this situation that, um, they didn't compensate for either getting the thing right when the event started or, um, making an adjustment, knowing that the, the stuff gets hot during the race. Uh, me as a racer, I could see myself making that same mistake. I could say, you know, uh, I teched my thing, when, my tank when I first got here, uh, I've been running all weekend. I went through qualifying. I TQ'd around and my stuff passed every single time. I go into the semifinal, it's the hottest time of the day. I bring it in and now it's not legal. I could see that happening. Like, you know, in the, in the rush of the moment, uh, you're trying to do everything, mount tires, work on your car, get up to speed, TQ, whatever. Um, you don't fine tune it the amount that maybe you should. And, I think that um, the the issue of the tanks expanding when it's hot was the number one factor. Now that was for sure a big part. And there's people been DQ'd before. These aren't the only two guys that have ever been DQ'd. Uh, Yannick Agwan got DQ'd at the Worlds in Sweden. Uh, I can't remember what that was around around '06, I think. 2006, after the semifinal, Yannick Agwan won the semifinal, and they he was on fire that weekend. He was doing great. He was having a great weekend, won the semifinal. They brought it into tech, and I want to say that Dagani said somewhere it was a half a cc too much, um, and he, he, uh, he didn't pass. They gave him the cool down, I think. What I'm, from what I remember and Yannick Agwan did not make the main there in Sweden because of that tank um, <clears throat> so and you know the other thing that, that these guys were doing is they brought to try to get past tech and into the main the guys were bringing up uh, fuel that they put into ice wa- ice to try to make it colder they were bringing up a water instead of fuel to try to get to try to make their stuff legal. So 
you know, there was some shenanigans kind of going on, like the silver state that Chris is um, alluding to where they had uh, Mayfield is on a video saying to uh, that it's water. And it was, it was water that somebody was trying to pass off to make something legal. So it happens to these guys. Mayfield's gotten DQ'd before because of um, weight. And he made a stink about the weight uh, with roar and saying that the, the scale was in the sun and all these troubles. And, but you know what? He ultimately had to take the DQ of a qualifier because a TQ qualifier. Um, A lot of people have had, dqs that they've had to deal with so it is unfortunate i think cole ran a great race in that semi he was one of the faster guys that weekend ty of course the same he ran a great qualifier but these things do happen and i think they could tweak the rules slightly on how these things work um certainly trying to certainly trying to uh, predict how much your tank is going to expand mm. when it's hot is probably the, the number one thing is, um, well, how do you know it was, it was legal when I checked it before, but now after a race in the heat, it did expand and now it's not. So that's something that you have to compensate for that. It's kind of difficult for the racer to do. And that's kind of where I f- would feel bad, especially if it was me, I'd be like, all right, well, I teched this thing before the main, it was fine or before the semi and now after I ran, it doesn't make it, but they don't, um, they don't see it that way. They see it as, as it come off the track. Now people were bringing up pre-tech, which is what they do at nitro challenge, silver state before the a main, they make you bring your car into the container and they check your tank and everything before the main starts, which is a great way to do it because when the race is over, it's over. You don't have to go back to tech. The only problem with pre-tech is when you take your car out of the container, there are guys that will take um, things out of the fuel tank so that they have the large capacity again. So as you're taking your car out of pre-tech, they don't watch where you go with your car that, you know, that you go straight to the track and start it up. So you could, you know, monkey with your fuel tank a little bit and, you know, pull out the, uh, the spacers and everything that's inside there and, you know, change it all up. But, um, I think that's why pre-tech is not done at these events like roar or the world, because you can alter it between where it's teched and the track and nobody's technically watching you. It's tough. The tech that's what people aren't used to. That's the whole problem with this race of roar. People aren't accustomed to following rules. Um, they run races where there's no rules. So when the rules become, everyone wants to run these big races, but when now all of a sudden there's a rule book and they're, you know, for the most part, they're, um, they're being teched on certain things. I don't think the racers are accustomed to it and it becomes everyone else's fault when the stuff isn't legal. I mean, we were measuring wings when we got there, they had a, a template, a gauge for measuring wings and they're, 
you know, people were cutting little parts off of their wing to make sure they went through the, uh, the wing gauge. And, uh, I mean, when you're at the worlds, we spend a whole day at the worlds guys teching their car. It's a whole day long thing. It's like, what happens is at the worlds is you can't get on the track. So guys have their cars ready from, you know, at home, they set them up in the pits and that whole day, all the guys do is get them ready and they go to tech over and over again and check the width. They check their tank. They check <laughs> their wings. And it's an all day thing. I remember when we were in Australia a couple of years ago, uh, the low C car was new. Those guys were in and out of tech tons of times because that car at the time was a little, I believe it was a little wide in the front and they were trying to run it through the box. They'd bring it in there. If the car didn't fit in the box, or roll through the box, they needed to change it. So they were modifying their hexes and all these different things to make sure it fits. So it was a whole day thing just to make sure that the car would pass tech. And I think that's one of the things that, um, that people, the racers aren't accustomed to going to a race like this is, um, they will turn you down. And, uh, you know, and this is just, nitro i mean there's a whole bunch of rules for 10 scale and stock motors and that's a whole nother can of worms it could be done better but so could everything else so yeah i'm i you know sure if if mayfield got dq'd i would be mad too um that you know he had to sit it out or spencer or dakota um So there's a definitely a better way to do it, but it takes people more organization and money. That's what everybody, uh, you know, you, you, it takes, it takes money. Let me see if I can, uh, I have an interview, uh, Scotty did with Mayfield as soon as he, uh, about the fuel, as soon as he won the Nats. Mm-hmm. If you can, I'll play this and let me know if you can hear it right away. Okay. It might not be, but see you guys tomorrow. I miss you guys. And uh, just, you heard yeah. thanks for everybody watching at home. Okay. It's a long day. This is the longest day in RC for us. And uh, luckily it cooled down a little bit. I don't feel too bad after that race. The Trudy race was pretty gnarly. This one wasn't quite as bad because it was, wasn't very hot, but uh, yeah, good day. One last quick question. The whole fuel tank thing. Yours originally did not pass. Tell us what's going through your mind real quick. Yeah, I'm not, I mean, it was really, really safe uh, on like Thursday when we initially teched the tanks. And um, I mean, the only thing I can think is that when they, you know, the cars are obviously crazy hot, you know, especially after the semi. I mean, it was crazy how hot the car, when I touched the bottom of the chassis, you'll burn your freaking hand. Um, so those tanks are under, they're pressurized through the vehicle as you drive. And they, when it's plastic, it gets really hot, it's going to expand. And so when you pull these cars straight off the track and you take them to tech and they pressurize the tanks to pump the fuel out, there's potential that the tanks are so hot that that little bit of pressure from that pump can make that tank expand because it's so hot. And then it stays that way. You know what I mean? So my tank actually did gain some size. Luckily, it did go back down under the line. But like I said before, it was very, very safe. Uh, to start the week, but after that semi, it gained the almost two cc's as far as what we can calculate. So I put another block in there just to be safe for this race and back my fuel mileage down. So 
I'm not saying they're doing anything wrong. I'm just saying it's probably a perfect storm of everything's so damn hot. And then you immediately put pressure to something that's going to expand. It's going to expand. So that's kind of been the conversation. That's the only thing we can really think of. Um, luckily mine did come back down. I, I, I hate it for Ty and Cole, you know, I'm sure they, they would have 100% been in this conversation. Um, you know, that's bad luck for them, but Hey, I haven't made this main in two years, so <laughs> I'm taking all the luck I did. All right. Well, well done champ. Congratulations. Thanks guys. All right. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, that is the question. I think one of the things that Cole was stating was this, this, um, you know, the, the pressure, the, the tanks are pressurized when you're running, um, and then they get hot and he, they think that that's a contributing factor to what they could grow a little bit. And then they say that when you bring them in and you do tech that they pump the fuel, um, <clears throat> into the tank with this little, um, what it is, is they use a, what are the ones that are like fish tanks? Like there's a little pump like a fish tank pump. Oh yeah. For aquarium. Yeah. That's yeah. what they use. Um, so yeah. And the thing when it's running, it sounds so weak. Oh really? It's like the water's just like, or the fuel is just, you know, yeah. <sighs> did that do anything? I mean, that's what Cole's claiming that it blew up his tank, hmm. but man, I, I mean, if that's an explanation, it could be, but, I tend to believe those are the same items they've been using for years and years and years. I've seen that little aquarium pump <laughs> yeah. uh, in their pits at the tech for tech since I've been going to those <clears throat> races and I've never seen anybody blame that before. I'm not saying that it can't, but um, I don't think that that's the case personally. Um, I think that ties was very, very close. I think that if they had played it a little safer, there wouldn't have been a question. I think he would be in there. Um, I think Cole's, my personal feeling is that, that it wasn't teched. I don't think he teched it. Um, that's just my personal opinion that I think that he might've not have checked it as well as he could have before the races were running. And I don't know if blowing up the tank is something that you can blame. I think, uh, ultimately you have to blame, blame it on, on yourself. I don't, um, so <clears throat> yeah, I mean, like Ryan said, he feels bad that those guys didn't make it, but, you know, he hadn't made the main the last two times because he blew up an engine once. And the other time was he flamed out with like two laps to go uh, there in Florida. So he's had his own trouble. So I think he he's like, look, I see that they've had bad, they had bad luck or they didn't make it. But hey, I've had bad luck, too. It happens. You have to kind of, you know, it's not perfect every single time. You're not unbeatable uh, and you're not in a position where nothing ever happens to you, you know, you, there's issues and that's what, that's what happened. But the one thing Gord did is I thought Gord handled it better than anybody. Um, he was up there. He was in, in the guy's space when he was working on it. He wasn't <laughs> giving him any room, but he watched it 
And he saw that every single time they, like I said, they checked it four times and he accepted it and said, look, he had the guy sign his fuel tank. He said, you know, uh, sign the fuel tank. Cause I want to take my car back and I want to, you know, check it. I want to go back and, and, and work on it myself and I'll bring it back up here. And just for my own personal satisfaction, I want to uh, do things to it or that I can learn from. Right. So I think Gord handled it pretty well, actually. Um, they're, none of these guys are cheaters. That's not the point yeah. in any of this. Nobody's actually. Um, <clears throat> I know Gord said that was a concern he had. That people thought they were cheating. And that's I, I don't I think anybody believes that you either know, one of those. Cheating either. And, you know, that's what people think he was. So no matter yeah. what, you're not going to convince, you know, people are going to think you tried something. But who cares, right? Uh, Mark is saying uh, tanks should be checked before the race or heat only. It is kind of ridic- ridiculous to check them after a race because of this problem. It should check in and sit on a table so it cannot be altered. Well, yeah, you could you could say that. Um, but, again, somebody's got to watch the cars at uh, pre-tech. It has to go straight from tech to the track. Um. And if Mar, I believe if Mar does them, um, does it after the race. And there is a reason why they're checking them after the race. Um, and uh, I was just talking to Ryan today, and he said that, you know, he was watching NASCAR, uh, a replay of NASCAR, and they DQ'd a guy because his lug nuts weren't tight after the race. And he said they teched him after the race and he had five lug nuts or whatever, how many there is. And he said that if they're not tight after the race, NASCAR DQs you because they don't want those tires falling off during the race. Uh, And they know they can run the cars with only two lug nuts, but this is what Ryan was saying. And, but they want them all on and tight because they don't want them going into the crowd. And and that's something the guy got DQ'd after the race. So, and they changed tires. So I get it. Um, but I, you know, I get what Mark's saying here. He thinks it's a little ridiculous and, but again, so like Ryan said in his interview, it is a little bit of a perfect storm. And then, like I was saying earlier, this is the way we've been doing it for years. Not that it can't be changed or improved, but it's nothing new. Um, so I don't think so that you what, can... What is the purpose of checking them after? If if you're going in legal, how are you coming out illegal? Well, the, the issue that could be is when when you... Um, when the car leaves tech and you bring it to the track, that you could modify it. And guys have done that. Really? Um, yeah, guys have done that. Uh, because with the, there's, a, there's a stopper in these tanks. I don't have any of that stuff here. But they have a spacer in there that you screw into the tank that um, allows less fuel to be in it. You know, it's just like fill, you know, a spacer. Right. Um, So what happens is you can technically you could leave tech and you could take the spacer out of your tank 
start your car up and run. It wow. has happened. It has happened before. Okay. Um, another things that have happened is people have long fuel line. They'll run, you know, really long fuel line, which, uh, you know, doesn't get necessarily counted, uh, as part of your fuel tank. Anyway, that was another race, but I've heard of people winning races, going on, going down on the track, cutting their fuel line, reconnecting it. Wow. Uh, yeah. Like there's, all, okay. you know, <clears throat> there's issues that have happened, but I think the two things, bottom line is these guys aren't cheaters, but the stuff did not with the way they've been doing this stuff in the past. It did not, um, pass. And that's it. There's just, you know, that's the way it is. And people have bad luck. It happens. Um, and, uh, yeah. So what I was, um, what I was telling, uh, the story here when Joseph bringing up, but the, the story was, is the guy ran the race and he picked up his own car after the race and cut his fuel line and connected it back and then brought it to tech. Wow. Um, so the fuel line that was long wouldn't be considered part of his capacity. Okay. That's happened. You know, um, the, the, at the worlds and races I've been at, um, they pick up the the car. This is intense scale too. The, in the old days, um, and there's a video uh, where they say it. Uh, I believe it's the 91 Worlds on YouTube. The third A main, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's two wheel, four wheel. The cars cross the line. They stop, and your your pit guy just doesn't run out there and grab your car. They say only officials pick up the cars off the track, and then they go to tech. That's how they used to do it in the old days. Is okay. uh, the, an official would actually pick it up off the track bring it straight to tech so that the mechanic or the driver didn't have the opportunity to, to make so adjustments. These interviews after this race, they were saying that uh, I forget who it was. I don't know if it was Cole or somebody, but that they should be doing it. Like maybe do it. Like if Mar does it, how, how do they do it different? Or the- I don't know. I, I think um, if Mar does tech after the race too. So I'm not exactly sure. Okay. As far as I remember in Australia, I think in, when I was in Australia, I believe I was all done after the race uh, because that's when they tore Angaro's radio box apart looking for oh, wow. a gyro. They looked for a gyro. Um, oh, that, yeah. Some of the guys protested at the Worlds in Australia that Angaro was running a gyro. So they took the whole thing apart, um, his radio box and everything there. Um, they had, they like, I don't know. They, they they pulled his receiver pack out of the car, the, the racing, um, his mechanic did. So when the car went back to tech, the thing didn't have a, a receiver pack in it. There was a lot of weird stuff oh, that happened, okay. but, but, um, and yeah, so I think what Paul's saying is if Mar does it behind closed doors, which would be nice. And there is and no, pump. no pump. So, so it would be nice that they do it in behind closed doors. You're saying? I think it's better because so you don't think, okay. 
I thought maybe being out in the open, transparency, what you're doing. Well, no, that I think that was what was nice about happening this weekend is people come on and they have all these opinions and things like it's like, well, they did it out in the open. It wasn't like they were doing anything different for these two guys than they did for anybody else because there was 40 people watching the whole time. Yeah. You know, there's all these pictures and videos and everyone's trying to throw all these guys under the bus, but it's like there's 40 people watching. Like, you know, (laughs) it's so, you know, sure. Is the system, could the system use some work? Probably it's the way they've been doing it for a while. Um, um, so yeah, they, they used all that, all that stuff. Wasn't that better though, to be out in the open? You know, I thought it was at the time I was like, Hey, you know, I mean, do you think that I think it would be more suspicious if it was in a closed room and then they came out of the closed room and told Gord his stuff didn't pass. He wouldn't be liking that at all. No. Um, I'm sure him watching it the whole time probably made him more comfortable um, as it probably would be for me too. Cause yeah, I, the first thing everyone's going to say is, Oh, those guys back there in the closed room screwed me. Right. Yeah. That's the first absolutely. thing. Say. <laughs> gonna it's, say. Not, it, it's not going to work. Well, I'm mm-hmm. more does it, but yeah. And you know, what's funny <laughs> is they, they tried know. to have a closed room to, to inspect uh, Ungaro's radio box. Uh, at that world's, uh, okay. And well, they did Joe, invite his mechanic in there. <laughs> but, yeah, Joe saying closed room with the mechanic or driver would be the best. Yeah, I, and I, that's probably is. But again, you have to have a closed room. You have to have uh, the time to bring in the driver individually. And um, there is an ideal world that all these things can happen in, but. Um, you also have to get the day over with, right? There's only so much time you have in the day. And I think that a lots of times they're hoping all these things are legal because it's, it's less, it's who yeah. wants to turn anybody away to race really, because it's, they know it's going to be a pain and pain in the bud. Um, so, you know, if you had to tech each, car individually and bring the driver into a room individually. I mean, we're talking about, you know, it would definitely add time to the program. What's, what's the issue though? With Roar just saying, no, we're just going to do it right here. I mean, I don't understand. I don't know. I, what, what's the argument there or why did, uh, well, I think is what there, they would be saying is it'd be in, uh, you could have a closed environment, um, uh, maybe a constant temperature. Um, oh, gotcha. So AC trailer or something. I mean, yeah, it's. I mean, you can get nuts with this stuff, right? But who's going to pay yeah. for all this stuff? AC trailer, extra tech officials, time in the schedule. Fees, that's all. Time, you know, time in the schedule uh, to allow for all this and. Yeah, I mean, sure, that's what everyone thinks that you should do. But it's like, okay, where do you get the money from? Then everyone says, oh, I don't want to pay my membership fees. Well, why not? Oh, well, I just don't think I get anything out of it. And that's what the people will tell you. And they go, okay, yeah. well, well, here goes your, you know, we can't have your private room. We can't have your private air-conditioned room to tech your car because you don't want to pay for it. 
So, um, and then you end up in the situation that you're in. So, um, yeah, yeah. I think everyone's, everyone's solution to these problems is more complicated. And usually when it's more complicated, it's also more money, but that's the part people aren't prepared to pay for is when it becomes more money. Sure. They want everybody to do all the work for free. And, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, so Paul's Paul got a saying, good point. Yeah. Paul's uh, saying nobody was complaining about the tech and where it was until after the fact. Yeah. It's like my point about sports, pro sports or the yeah. NBA. So everybody watches a sport that they believe is, is uh, rigged or fake but they don't yeah. mention it. They don't, but they don't mention it till their team loses. Right. So it's like, you were okay with all this stuff when it was going okay for your team, but you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. yeah so, it's um, insane. You know, you know, Chris talking about the rules here. Uh, are some areas too gray when it comes to the rules. So fewer rules or more defined rules. Well, I think what the racers are accustomed to is less rules that's what they're accustomed to is uh, races like, you know, PMB or uh, wicked weekend or all these things where essentially your car comes off the pits. It goes on the track, you run, it comes off and you're done. If you cross the finish line first at one of those races, you're, you're the winner. There's like no, oh, there's no, attack? no, it's like, it's just, it is what it is. Huh. And, so there, that's what people are accustomed to is very little restriction. So when you come into an environment like this, I mean, in these, in most of the racers haven't been to a worlds. If these guys went to a worlds where they're measuring your cutouts in your body, um, they're going to lose their mind. <laughs> um, I mean, I remember Jared almost got TQ'd at a qualifier or something in Italy. Um, yeah, you know, Paul's saying they run a truggy tank and buggy at PMB. Wow. Um, I've seen a guy run a truggy tank in their buggy at Dirt Nitro Challenge in the C Main because he's like, I, I don't have to bump up. I don't have to. Uh, so you can see where all this is going. Have you ever seen somebody run a buggy tank in a truggy? <laughs> all right. That would probably you're be all a real all inexperienced driver. <laughs> <laughs> But you've never seen that, Paul. He's like, not only was I not cheating, I ran a <laughs> buggy tank in my truggy. Uh, you know what's funny is this is really just, it's a lot of, it's a, um, it's unfortunate for the guys that happened to, um, but you shouldn't take anything away from the guys that did pass and had great mains. Yeah. I mean, think about Aiden Horn. He got second. I I don't know if I've ever seen him run a better race. Uh, Mayfield had to um, run a phenomenal race to pull out and kind of get a little bit of space at the end. But I don't know. Mayfield might have crashed legitimately twice in that 60-minute main, maybe. And I know he got into it with a car at the end that wasn't a, a crash that cost him some time uh, with a lap traffic, but he 
um, he might have crashed twice, maybe. And Aiden, maybe twice. So an entire 60-minute race, these guys maybe crashed twice. I know Mayfield never crashed in Truggy. <clears throat> so in the whole 45 minutes of Truggy, he never crashed. The 60-minute main in Buggy, he maybe crashed twice. I don't know. Um, pretty good races. So ultimately, uh, they had a pretty good performance in the main, regardless of who um, who was in there. And... And Ryan has uh, um, Ryan's won every buggy race this year, so I don't think there's any reason um, he's the guy to beat. Oscar's saying, uh, I think Oscar's on Facebook now. Uh, sad to see the DQs, but my boy Ryan Pavias got in, so that was a plus. Yeah, he did. Uh, Ryan Pavitas did make the main. I think that was. I think he was one of the guys that benefited from the DQs as he, he got into the main, which is cool. All right. It's getting late, but we got to cover this. Uh, we have a few questions on it here. People want to know, are we allowed to ask about AK and horizon? I know that's a tricky topic, so keep it short. <laughs> But, uh, and this happened Monday morning. Yeah. They announced the press release on it. And, uh, I got messages. I, I was like, man, what do we got these messages on rip? You know, I was coming through and I was like, Oh, AKA horizon. Well, I guess number one is I didn't know either until Monday until I saw the release. Was I didn't I the first any- to tell you? What's that? Was I the first to tell you? No, I saw it when I, when I woke up, I guess. Uh, but yeah, I never knew about it. I never heard anybody at the race talk about it. Uh, <clears throat> the pro line one that happened earlier last year, I knew, I knew about that about two days before they released the information. I heard oh, about wow. it on like, maybe I heard about it maybe on Saturday and then they had a press release on Sunday. Um, Paul saying the employees didn't Monday. even Monday, the press release. So here, here's the number one thing. Um, Gil Osi Jr. already works at Horizon. Right? right. So he's, um, so not only did they buy Horizon purchased um, Team Losi in 19, I'm sorry, in, was that the, uh, Early two thousands, the oh one oh two, maybe somewhere. Had to be somewhere right around there, yeah. Because so Horizon later. bought Team Losi in oh one or oh two. Because Ernie which, was involved for a while. Which was uh, Gil Losi Senior oh. uh, was the owner of Team Losi. Um, Gil Losi Junior went to work for Horizon. He didn't like it. Went to Kyosho for a while, um, then kind of went out. And he was working for, um, uh, they started a new company called the Firelands Group, which was uh, a, a company making vehicles to sell through Hobbytown, right? Did you know that? Uh, I've, I've known something about that, yes. Um, so they, they sold a lot of um, uh, cars and vehicles through Hobbytown. Um, 
then they uh, in 2000 well the first time i think we saw them was or the the aka tires was around 07 08 that range so um so all this stuff was happening you know uh, team losi was already owned by horizon uh guild junior was having different opportunities at different companies kyosho firelands started aka with joel johnson um but you know a couple years ago uh, i think firelands uh split up or they i don't think i'm not sure if they went out of business but i think firelands just uh the the principal people like Gillosi Jr. were no longer part of that group. Well, anyway, he went back to Horizon a couple of years ago. So Gillosi Jr. works at Horizon. He has for several years again. And um, I'm sure when they bought Proline, I'm sure the maybe the awkwardness was probably there a little bit. Like you know, uh, you know, hey, Gillosi Jr. works at Horizon. Um, he has a company along with his dad and Joel Johnson with AKA, but they bought Proline. So awkward. Um, maybe it was a little awkward. Yeah, maybe well, maybe they felt awesome. like. Um, so that was a little bit of a interesting. Maybe situation. they made a mistake. Maybe they actually actually bought the wrong company the first time around. Like no, oh, man, no, no, oh, man. <laughs> so Wait, I am what? not surprised at all. Um. You know, the, the scuttlebutt in the industry for last several years is it was for sale. So, um, um, so I think that, uh, I think that the, the rumor for the last several years is that the, it has been for sale. And I think the, the situation with Gil Losey being our, at Horizon and um, them maybe seeing that, um, you know, they could, they had some influence there, right? <laughs> Your, you know, Horizon already bought your dad's, com- dad's company in the early 2000s. You know, you, you got this one now. Um, you're already there. Um, maybe it makes sense for them to own it. And yeah, so they bought it. But, and this is, of course, this is just all my opinion. I don't know any of this, like, for fa- I'm not any of these people, but this is just from the outside looking in. And um, I would say that the, the pro line was the big deal. That was the big major move uh, that Horizon made. Uh, that was the one that probably cost the bulk of the money in terms of, you know, uh, buying and selling. Um, and I think that was the one that was probably the big deal to go down and the big deal that horizon made. And, um, I think this is a much smaller, a much smaller deal in the grand scheme of things for horizon. Um, did they need it? I don't think so. I don't think they needed it but maybe it was too good to pass up. Maybe they feel that there's a, uh, they can, um, you know, add some budget or some money 
backing, AKA, and they can do some more things with it than they were before. Um, you know, you have ProLine on one side, you got the AKA. I don't really know why you need, why they needed both, but I think it was convenient and probably hard to pass up. That would be my, that would be my, yeah. you know, to me, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, okay, so if you have to own stuff or buy stuff, right. And I don't even know what the comparison would be. You know, you go somewhere and you, it's like, you know, it's like Kirby buying bikes, right? Right. You know, yeah. he's like, oh, there's this bike I really want to get, you know, it's $10,000. So you get your, um, you get your $10,000 bike. But then someone says, man, you can get, I'm going to give you this uh, $8,000 bike, but you can buy it for 2000. He's like, yeah, another 2000. I can have almost two ten. Yeah. Why not? You know, I'm I'm thinking, you know, it's a little bit, you know, a little like that where it's like, it's too good to pass up. You can, you definitely have some more resources to throw at it and make it even more successful. There's no question that it's been a successful racing brand. Um, with Mark Pavitas being involved, Gillespie Jr., Joel Johnson. I mean, those guys are um, tops, and I'm sure it's been a real successful racing brand. They have some great racers over the years and won a lot of races, but they're nowhere near the size of what ProLine was. Um, they've won a lot of races, but that's not the whole business. You know, uh, I think ProLine fits with what Horizon's doing a lot better than maybe AKA does. But like I said, it's, I think it's just probably it was probably too good to pass up and um helped out probably helps out gill a little bit probably his dad pops a little bit probably gill or uh, joel johnson probably helps him out a lot so uh, i don't know if joel will be working there that would be interesting we yeah. already know gill is probably there but is joel gonna move over there which i would imagine would be the case um, I could definitely see that. Um, and maybe they wanted the people more than they wanted the company. Maybe they're like, Hey, you know, we really w- would like Joel. We really would like to, uh, solidify this relationship with, uh, Gil jr. Even more. And, and, you know, they wanted the people, maybe that's what they wanted. Uh, yeah. sometimes, sometimes it's hard to find the, the, the good people that they want. And, um, and if they're, if they're growing in other areas um, and they can find some more good people, maybe that's part of it. Okay. Here, I didn't know this. Uh, Joel has been racing quite a bit at still city lately. Yeah. Okay. And he's been racing eight scale on road, ah. um, which is a little interesting because AK doesn't make anything for eight scale on road, but you know, <laughs> as far as what everybody says that those are the most badass RC cars you could race as eight scale on road. Uh, they say it's the Formula One of RC, uh, so mm. I, it doesn't surprise me that Joel would want to race yeah. it. Yeah, really. <laughs> it's Gil Osi Jr.'s favorite class too. Actually, that's what's funny. God, yeah, all those guys love eight scale on road, and from what I've heard, is once you do it, and if uh, you you, uh, you you don't want to do much else, so yeah, it's we'll see what happens with this this uh, this buying thing. There's certainly a um, horizon obviously is doing very well right now and they're using this as an opportunity to kind of stack the decks a little um you know they're 
mean, with the, with the industry being strong at the moment, they're going to use that opportunity to maybe, you know, one of their taglines is best brands in RC. So I guess in order to kind of back that up, you got to have kind of the best brands in RC. So maybe that's what they're trying to do. Yes. People think they're coming after you, Jason. Yeah. Um, I haven't talked to them yet. <laughs> no, nah. now, now it, now it's big corporate versus a family business. That's how I look at it. Love it. Go support Jake concepts. All right. It's big a corporate. little scary. It's a little Going scary. Up big corporate Jason. You got the, you got the it, uh, crew at JC. At what the was factory. the Trinity shirt? Trinity versus everybody. Yeah. That was, they probably should have came out with that in the nineties, but. It would have made more sense way back then because it really was. <laughs> it really was. <laughs> yeah. It's now little... it's just kind of fake, but back then it yeah. really was. Back then, that's definitely. Um, okay. Well, I think we covered it, Jason. Unless you see anything else there in the chat you want to hit uh, on. Yeah, I just I, I thought it was interesting. Like, I think it was Joseph that brought it out was the brought it up was uh, that Joel has been racing a lot at steel city racing eight scale on road. I, I did think that was kind of, kind of wild. It's, it is local or more Same. local for him. Joe saying but, that they're there this year. Um, Joe's also saying, I think it's going to help JC hot race and smaller companies making tires that don't want to have anything to do with horizon. There you go. Don't forget. JC makes a lot of other things besides tires. <laughs> No, it, you know, he's, he could be right. I mean, I think, I guess we hope he's right. You know, that's how I would look at it. If I was a racer, I'd be like, oh, there's a family owned business over here. And then there's big corporate. I'm going over this way and we're, we're going after him. I, go. I think it, it is. It's very strange how all that works. Um, I think it's very strange how all that works and, you know, what people say versus what they do. Right. You know, you say it's nice to do the, the, you know, the family owned business, but you're still going to Chili's, right? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> or, you know, like, I oh, think there's knock me down here. No, no, but I, I, I'm not saying you, but in general, people no, say, uh, yeah, I know people say saying. things like that, but they're still, you know, shopping on Amazon every day. They're, uh, you know, well, Amazon's they, offering discreet packaging now. So that, so your neighbors don't know they're getting Amazon delivery. So, <laughs> uh, anyway. Um, yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's, it's easy to say, it's easy to say that, but it's a whole nother thing to do it, uh, to go in and say that I don't want to get any, you know, if somebody could say, I don't want to get anything that horizon makes, but you're in these shops and you might be inadvertently, um, you might be inadvertently buying a, a product that is owned by them. You don't know. Right. It might say on the packaging in the fine print, a, a, yeah. you know, a company of so-and-so, but if you're not really studying the packaging, you don't really know that. So maybe that's what these brands are all about. Maybe that's why you get these different brands because it ultimately you can sort of, um, you can disguise a little bit. It disguises your, uh, disguises the operation a little bit. Um, we got a question here from Mark. Are we going to see Gotti this weekend at Pit Stop Hobbies? I have a Joel Johnson motor he can use. Bring your Ultima and your Blue Stones. <laughs> so, Blue Stones. 
Um, Isn't that a team? The Bluestones? And that's your. That's what you're going to call the Redskins. You like yeah. the Bluestones name. So um, Jason Santos. Santos has been messaging me um, about going to pit stop hobbies for a race. I guess it got rained out last weekend. So they're having it this weekend. Can't make that one, but the next one is July 24th. And that's the one I'm shooting for. So pit stop, pit stop hobbies about an hour and a half away from me. And uh, Jason said he has a car all set up for me, ready to rock. As long as I show up and race this uh, vintage uh, race that they have going on at pit stop. Everything's ready to go. All I got to do is show up, Jason. There's no aluminum turnbuckles on it. Everything is, you know, pretty much gaudy proof. <laughs> and all I got to do is show up and go race it. So probably embarrassing the hell out of myself, but who cares? I really hope you do get out there to run. July away. 24th. I'm shooting for, um, I'm and, my stuff. uh, what was my next point here? Why are you going to show up to that just to see me race? <laughs> uh, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. Well, hey, I showed up to the Vintage Nats up in uh, Connecticut and uh, 18 years away from the radio, and I didn't really do that bad. No, you were driving around. You got around okay. Yeah. Yeah, damn aluminum turbuckle. That's the only thing that screwed me. I, I would love to see what I would finish if it wasn't for that. And Jason's like, oh, well, I'm like, man, I didn't know they made turnbuckles out of aluminum. Oh, well, uh, that's like a prototype thing we do before we make the Titanium. I'm like, oh, great. Thanks for putting that on my car after I traveled five hours to get there. All right. Um, real quick here. Jason, you need to make a kick. At- I talked about this actually on the podcast. I'm like, why don't you guys make a, a fuel stick? But uh, see, you need to make a kick-ass fuel stick better than a Proline one. So I've actually asked you to do that, Jason. I actually brought it up in one of our meetings. <laughs> you know, that ProLine one was nice. It uh, Ty won the worlds with it, uh, with that fuel stick, and they didn't make a lot of them. I think they only made a couple hundred of them. Oh, that's what. Yeah, I heard and about. That. I think Lewis Lewis Cavallari, I think, still uses one. Um, but Ty quit using theirs. They're back to the fuel gun. Um, I think just because they don't race for ProLine anymore, so they probably don't want to give them that uh, oh, you want to call it, okay. satisfaction. Right. But they, they did a great job when they had that thing. Um, when Ty's mom would pit the car, man, they were fast. <clears throat> and I think that fuel stick is a little quicker than the fuel gun. But um, obviously, Adam Drake was using the fuel gun for Brian Mayfield this weekend or last over the weekend. And, he got the job done. That thing. Yeah, I, like, I was watching Adam Pitt. He's just so smooth. It's just like pick it up, gone. Like, yeah, that's geez. the best way to say it. Is it's smooth? Smooth. Um, you know, and it's almost like he goes out of his way to be even smoother for some reason. Like it's so smooth. Yeah, you just, just watch it. car comes in, up, oh, gone. Yeah, <laughs> you're like, yeah. what the hell? Everybody else and, is like, and it's so obvious because it's the best um, mindset to be in. But, you know, what ends up happening is, you know, it's like everyone comes in. Yeah, I know. That's what I was saying. They're doing. And and they just, they overdo it. They try to go too fast. And, um, and you know, it ends up causing more issues. So that's why Adam does it like that is he, you know, Ryan always just says, just put fuel in the car. Like, you know, he's like, it's not a big deal. Like it comes in, 
pick it All up, right. set it on the wall, put fuel in the car. But yeah, there you feel like you're under pressure. The like it's you're racing, nerve wracking. Like you feel pity Mayfield. Imagine that. Yeah. Like Jesus. I, you know, I've done it a few times, and I have had some uh, nightmarish. Um, <laughs> Are you like pit. nervous when he's about to come in? Like, um, oh my well, god, it's like to me. Um, what happens when you're pitting these guys that when you're not used to it, you're watching them like a hawk the whole time, right on the track. Yeah. You're looking at your stopwatch, you're watching them. Yeah. And then, uh, somebody might say something to you and you look and you, and you look to them and then you <clears> look <throat> back to the track. Where are, where are they? Where are they? You know, where's the guy go? And your guys, Oh, he's just right here. Oh, okay. So then you're following the car and then you're like, okay, come in this lap. And he goes by and, gets around and then like y- you lose them for a second and you're thinking, Oh, where'd he go? Where'd they go? You know, and the car comes around and then you see it and it's like, okay, he's coming in. And then you're like, all of a sudden you're just like, Oh my gosh, this is my moment. You know, this is, yeah. this is my big moment. And the car comes in and it gets in front of you and you're like, you have to set it up and fuel it. And then, and then you have to release and you just hope that the thing doesn't flame out. Right. Yeah. Because when it flames out in the pits, it just feels like your fault. And um, so when, as long as it doesn't flame out in the pits, you feel like you did a decent job. But um, yeah, it it's very nerve wracking. When I was watching it, though, you could just notice, you could just see it, Drake, just, and then gone. Like just, just a simple motion, like three yeah. motions. That's it. Just out. What I like, I've told people this a lot, and I like guys that are big in pit lane because tall, stocky, whatever you want to call them, but because nobody moves them, Um, you know, people have their space and people are real protective of their area. And when you're a big guy like either Adam or we used to have John Faulkner John Pyant, these guys were tall, big, and nobody was moving these guys around. Imposing, yeah. And uh, I've had Mark Murrow help me in the pits. And it was like, once he was there, it was like nobody was getting into our space. You know what I mean? Like nobody was pushing you around. Nobody was bumping you out of the way. They And then guys have big hands. They can grab the car with one hand, pit it with uh, with one and then set it down. That's what Adam does is he grabs it by the front tower and you know, he he's got this thing open with one hand and he can do it in one motion. So it helps to be tall. Yeah. Tall. You can kind of get on top of the car instead of from the side of the car. And, and like you said, Joseph imposing in there, people aren't moving you around. They're not bumping you around because when all these dads down there and all everyone else get nervous, they're, they're animals. They're running into you. They're elbowing you. They're running through you. Um, they're just, it's a mess down there. So if you're big dude, it really helps. Um, nobody gets into your space. Right. And I hate when guys are like crowding you and then their person's coming in and they're only concerned about them. And you're like, Hey, I'm pitting the leader here. Watch out. You know? Right. So that's another part that's I was irritating is there might be a guy in like 13th that's pitting when you're pitting and you're thinking, I'm thinking, dude, you're in 13th. We're in the lead. Get out of the way. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? And right. yeah, absolutely. Makes sense. 
but they're just as important. And, you know, in their wow. mind, I got to do my job, you know, I got to pit them. And, uh, but you know, when you're pitting the guy that's doing well, you feel like get back, you know, I'm pitting the leader. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody get that away from me. Yeah. Yeah. That's all, that's funny. Uh, so, question for Jason. Uh, were they limited on how many people in the pit lane? One verse two Mayfield just had usually, usually two is what you can have. Okay, because yeah, Truy was helping Mayfield. Um, Truy was also there during the qualifying, right? Yeah, Truy was really Ryan's pit guy. He did the 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 Truggy main, and he did the semifinal. He said he he said he blew his back out. Oh, really? Yeah, he said he really hurt his back during the weekend. And is that why he, Drake took over in the buggy then? Yeah, or? and normally, even if there's a, even if. If Adam doesn't make the final, he will usually pit for Ryan regardless. Okay. Uh, but I think it, uh, true. He said he, he hurt his back bad and it, uh, was it in the semi? He said when he went, he leaned over, he said he almost fell on the car. He like actually dropped it one time because he said <laughs> it, he like really hurt his back. So it was kind of nice that, um, uh, that Adam was able to, able to help yeah. too but okay. and you could actually see i believe in this in one of the races they were pitting ryan with two people which is a lot of people like using two people but what happens is when the car comes in usually your arm is in the way so when the vehicle like this comes into the pits and you pick it up the guy fueling over here has to get over this arm somehow. So it's a little awkward. Okay. Like, you know, you come in, you know, the car comes in and you get it up on the wall and your arms like this. And then the few, the guy is trying to get fuel in here and you have to kind of like get your, get out of the way and then go back and throw it out. So there's a little, uh, it's really kind of awkward. Yeah. So when a guy can do it all at one time and in one motion, you don't have well, four arms in the way. It kind of makes it more simple actually when you can do that. So, you know, of course, if the fuel guy on the fuel gun, um, but yeah, so he's saying the catcher, yeah, Joe opens sings. the fuel tank, but I don't really like that. I like when no. there's a catcher and then the fuel guy does the pull and the tank because he has the full control then. Um, so that's, it gets confusing. You really have to have a good system down. That's why if the one person can do it well, Joe Pillars does it uh, with one by himself. And uh, of course, Adam was doing it by himself. Uh, it, it works well because you don't have all this. You don't have another person that adds chaos. It's just you. Chaos. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. The testaments are a machine uh, and Gord is big, tall and imposing. <laughs> that helps. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. remember when John Faulkner used to pit, 
um, when John Faulkner used to pit Mayfield, he was a big guy and um, he would put the glow igniter in his mouth. <laughs> so the car would be coming, approaching pit lane. He'd put the glow igniter. He had the starter box down here in case it flamed out. Right. Uh, that's what Mayfield was running the Reedy engine probably. And um, so Ryan or whoever he was pitting would be, be coming into the lane. He put the glow igniter in his mouth. He'd grab the vehicle and pit it by himself, but he'd, he'd have it all set up so that if he had to, uh, uh, you know, start it back up, he had everything right there. Right. Hmm. Yeah. I remember John Pyant was really, he was really possessive of his position. He's like, he always wanted to put, he's like my driver, my pit spot. That was his right. thing. He's like, he'd pit for J.R. Mitchell a lot. He pit for Ryan sometimes. And he would say wherever his driver was, he wanted to be just below him because a lot of people will come into pit lane and they just put the car wherever and their driver might be all the way on the end. And that's not really the way you're, you know, ideally you want the driver and the pit guy right below you. So I remember John getting into it with several people. Cause he's like, look, my driver's here. This is my pit. If you're, makes sense. He's like, you go to where your driver is. Don't be where my driver is. You know, and it yeah. was like, that's not really a rule, but it's kind of like a, as far as I know, it's not really a rule, but that's kind of like the, um, you know, this unwritten thing. Yeah. Look at this, Randy, he's on it. Six, seven, two fifty. Yeah. These are the guys, man, imposing. You're not, um, <laughs> You know, like if you're pitting next to a six seven two fifty guy, good luck. Yeah, good luck telling him what because to do. Because he's getting spot, man. Like when his guy comes in, you're like telling your guy to go another lap because you're like, I ain't getting any room there. God damn. Wish I was six seven two fifty. All right. Uh how rad is it that Mayfield doesn't use a headset? It's a little funny. It it's almost seems like he's like the, he's just such a like, like he's rebel. the rebel, the holdout now. Yeah. yeah. What I've, I, I would like to see him use one, not necessarily when the race starts, but I would like to see him use it during the warm up and, um, and some practices. I would like to see him use it because I think it would help because like, in the case of this track specifically, mm-hmm. um, there are times where uh, the guys are on the back straightaway. You know, the car started on the back straightaway. So it would be kind of nice is, is if he could talk to his guy a little bit in that situation. I think it's funny that he doesn't use it, and I think he's the only one in the main that probably didn't use a headset. But, that is awesome, though. Yeah. Uh like, ask her you guys. I don't need that. I've never tried it. Um never you never tried a headset? I've never raced with one, no. I've no. had one on and I've uh played with it with the guys, but I've never <clears throat> tried it during the race. And I don't know how I would respond on the track to somebody, you know, talking to me or I, I'm not sure how that how that works. Yeah. If that would change uh, what I was doing. Pretty cool, though. Old school there. Um, all right. Well, J- Joe says, good job tonight, guys. I'm out. Good job. 
Yeah, appreciate everybody joining the chat tonight. Got a lot of viewers in here. Appreciate it. Don't forget to uh, tell a friend. And uh, that was a good show. Awesome stuff. Uh, somebody in the chat mentioned they want us to get Mayfield on the show sometime. We'll have to do that again for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been a while, so this would have been a good one. But uh, this was kind of on the fly. Decided to record quick. That is it. But what there was part of, part of it here. Got this. That's right. Got There's that the actual Truggy there. Or Bruggy. Uh, Ruggy. National champ right there. And I got the national champion buggy behind me. Mm-hmm. So, all right. We appreciate everybody joining us tonight. That was awesome. Good stuff. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe on YouTube. Facebook. Truggy. Truck boat, hashtag truck boat. <laughs> um, that's it, man. My my laptop is at three percent, so you better make this count. What else you got, Jason? Where are you heading out to this weekend? Anywhere? No, I'm gonna be home this week. Okay. Um, did you did you see my did you see my story? We'll we'll put up. We'll let you put up one more photo. I don't know if I have time for one more photo. <laughs> no, I didn't see your story. What did you? Are you, you sending? Know, me? Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll send you the picture. It was just uh, I saw this used for something oh else. I, I saw this used for something else, and I converted it. <laughs> oh my god! You converted it? What's it say? Oh, okay. Yeah, I just. That that was a meme that was floating around years yeah, ago. Loved it. That, that meme was years ago, and <laughs> I just I just converted it. So, oh, so good. So good. Bring it up here. Man, we put a lot of photos up today. Jeez. Yeah, it really works. I mean, that really helps. Yeah. Green screen. Oh, green screen. Look at that. Everybody gets to see that. Set that as the background. Oh, it won't show up on there, will it? <laughs> it That's won't probably fine just like uh, that. It won't show up the whole thing. But Jason said when haters... Uh, what, what did the top say again here? Um, haters commenting about ugly body shells. Meanwhile, their profile photo. It does look Sort of like me, I think. Wow, that does strikingly look a lot like you. It actually is better looking than me, to be honest with you. Yeah. More hair, too. All right. Uh, fun, gentlemen. Joy uh, uh, joy to bug you guys. Yeah, no problem. You can bug us anytime. Yep. So. All right. That was 226. We'll catch you for 227 sometime in the near future. Hopefully next week. Yeah. All right, guys. Thanks for joining us. Have a good one. We are out.